What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Hoya Rock from the one and only Madball and Smoking Word Podcast. In my hands right now, I got that new LP from my boys in Terra. The record is called Pain Into Power. I believe, I believe in these days, these days, these days of brotherhood. Ten brand new songs produced by Todd Jones, the artwork by Spoiler, it drops on May 6th on Pure Noise Records in the U.S. and on N Hits Records in Europe. Hardcore lives. You know the deal. Alright, and we're back. The MMA show. Jeff, Nate, it's good to see you guys. How are you? Doing good, man. It's, uh, it's been a while. Excited to chop it up, talk about MMA, all that good shit. Yeah, it uh, went off overseas and got into foreign investments, NFTs, crypto, and now I live in Cyberpunk 2077. And before we get too deep into it, I want to just give a shout out to uh, the homie Pedro from Dying Wish. This is what kind of pushed me to want to... Uh, bring this back um I, i've been obviously like we've all been keeping it with mma but I, I did this podcast with pedro and it just turned to us talking about mma which i hadn't done in or on a podcast in a really long time and so it just was like fuck dude i need to reach out to nate and to jeff and we need to do this again because i know there's a lot of people that were avid listeners and were really into what we were doing so i'm happy that you guys were uh, able to answer the call and be here today because this is something that i really love doing so thank you yeah. yeah, I'm a. I'm gonna piggyback on that really quick and give a. I'll shout out Pedro too. I actually met that guy a couple of weeks ago. His band Dying Wish played in my city, and that dude was outside in the heat, rocking the craziest fucking kettlebell workout for like an hour. Dude's a machine. It was badass. Shout out Pedro. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, just real quick. Uh, USC 274 is going on this weekend out there in Phoenix, Arizona. But I just want to kind of touch on the um, UFC on ESPN that happened last week, Font versus Vera. I obviously uh, am biased when it comes to these fighters that train uh, out here in Orange County. So I was really impressed with Marlon Vera's performance. Obviously, uh, not an easy fight. You know, first round was pretty rough, but he was able to come back and get the decision. But I'm just happy to see him uh, on this crazy streak. And just having great success at that division, especially with with how many killers there are, I'm really curious to see who they put him up against next. I, I know he wants the rematch with Aldo. He's talking shit about Dominic Cruz, so it, it's pretty exciting. I I think that division's always been filled with like you know really talented fighters, and I'm just really curious to see where he ends up next. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. I mean, I I think they you know fed him to the wolves when they gave him Sean O'Malley. You know, they probably thought he was gonna lose but they ended up making someone who's actually been on a pretty impressive run pretty impressive turnaround because most people probably didn't know who he was at one point and now he's you know doing quite well for himself and he's i mean how he defeated frankie edgar with that front kick that was nasty just in itself he could see the progress in his game and yeah it's great uh, I, i've been enjoying watching his run yeah, I agree. I think uh, Rob Font, straight up, no joke. And I think it says a lot that uh, Cheeto Vera was able to get that kind of a result 
when you have a a Rob Font that didn't make weight and B is still having such a crazy output and he still managed to like pull out a win like that. Um, I thought that was super awesome. I think moving forward, obviously there's nothing but interesting competitive fights. I don't know that I want him to run it back with Jose Aldo just yet. I'd like to see him fight Corey Sanhagen. I think that fight would be fucking bananas. I would enjoy that. I I know that, uh, I was listening to Marlon Vera on uh, the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, and he had mentioned that they had presented him that fight in the past, but for some reason, Corey Sanhagen couldn't make it to the fight. Uh, so shit. yeah. I, and he, he wasn't like talking shit. He was just like, he was, was pretty honest. He was like, Hey, he's like, I don't know why he didn't show up or why he didn't uh, take the fight, but I would like to explore that fight. Cause uh, he, he says that it would be interesting because they, they haven't fought before, but I, I would enjoy that fight too. Uh, but obviously like I'm a huge Corey Sanhagen fan and I'm just worried that he is going to be one of those fighters that can't answer the call when uh, you get into these like really big fights because we've seen him falter when he's given the opportunity against TJ Dillashaw against Peter Jan and he's so skilled and he can beat TJ he can beat Peter but I just don't know what happens when he gets in there and gets in those moments so I just like I, I would love to see that fight, but I'm just worried that he's going to be like, all right, cool. Here's another chance for him to to you know uh, make another impression in the division and get a shot at the belt because you know he's 0 and 1 against uh, Aljamain Sterling, so they could easily make that matchup again. But I, I just I, I'm worried for him because he obviously it was on an impressive streak, but he's just had some tough losses as of late. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with that. Um, I know you mentioned the. Uh, the dominant Cruz thing, and I'm and I'm talking about Vera has mm-hmm. has gotten brought up. Yeah, that's like a pretty. There's a lot of name value there, but I think I think Cheeto would handily beat Dominic Cruz. I think Dominic Cruz is kind of old, maybe lost a step a little bit, and I don't know. I'm not super interested in seeing that, honestly. Wow, turning on your yeah. own brother like that, Arizona native. Damn, yeah, losses. He seems still top ten, bro. He's still top ten. No, he, he's badass. I just, I don't know that that for whatever reason that matchup just doesn't excite me that much. You know what about Cruz? I wish he'd commentate more because I actually like when he commentates. Like, yes, it's what whenever he's actually talking and things like he actually dissects what some of the people are doing in the moment. He's like Zach, and then when they do it, he's like, see right there. I think he's probably one of the most insightful in that. And so even if eventually his fighting career comes up, like comes to an end, which most likely will pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I think I hope he does more commentary. Yeah, because if you look at the top ten, um, there's not that many people that have been around as long as him. Like I- I'm looking, and I'm I'm thinking back in like the WEC era. Uh, what there was, uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. So it's crazy, and I'm a huge Dominic Cruz. I used to hate Dominic Cruz. Um, but uh, obviously, I, I grew into a fan because I, I used to, you know, love Team Alpha Male. Uh, I still like the team. You know, they they, they got s- uh, some good fighters there still. But uh, just knowing that none of them could <laughs> beat Dominic Cruz up until, um, uh, God, what the hell's his name? Cody. What? Yeah, Cody Cody Garbrandt. Um, it was just so frustrating. Like, how is this guy so good? And like, how can they have had so many matchups, so many rounds against this one guy, and they can't game plan right for him? Uh, but definitely respect his skills. You know, he beat Mighty Mouse back in the day. 
yeah. you know, he beat TJ recently, uh, and I, I still think he has it in him, but he definitely is on like the, you know, uh, tail end of his career. Uh, so because he, he definitely um, is getting hit more than he used to, he's yeah. a little slower. But I still think he has it in him because obviously, you know, if you watch like his last couple wins, uh, you know, they've been pretty good. It's not like he barely squeaked by. He's still putting on you know pretty good performances. For sure. And honestly, if 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 they end up fighting and he proves me wrong, that'd be amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. I think he's great. Um, I you know it's funny you mentioned how he was just running through Team Alpha Male kind of mm-hmm. back in the day. It's kind of crazy that Garbrandt was the the one who did that to him. And then after that happened, he just kind of fell off all crazy. I, but it's it, weird how that panned out. Yeah. That's one of the saddest stories in MMA, if I'm being honest, because Cody's rise, you like, look at him. He's has the build, the look, the charisma, and he had, or he has the skills or had the skills, but then I just, you know, uh, TJ, you know, pushed that button on his chin and it's just, he's never been the same. And, he doesn't have to get in these firefights. He chooses to, but still it's like, he, like, I, I just think his durability is long gone and with no durability and with his fighting styles, just, it, it's not good. I, yeah. like he's somebody that I wish would just walk away. Right. And he's still young, but just the, the type of knockouts and like, once your chin is gone, like his, like, it, it's just sad. I don't want to see him get knocked out any more than he already has. Yeah, and then him trying to cut down the flyweight, it, that was just a bridge too far, I think. I, I forgot about that. Did, oh, yeah, freaking uh, Dan Hooker did that, with, but not for flyweight, but he went yeah. down the featherweight and just got demolished, too. It's like these people, you know, they were they're really good at where, where they were originally at, but as they fell off, they're like, oh, maybe I need to switch down, but that's not always the solution, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm looking at the UFC rankings, and I didn't realize that Garbrandt's not even ranked. He's not even in the top 15. It's hard, to, it's hard to be ranked, you know, after losing that bad and that drastically, you know. But can you think, like, as, like, recent as him, like, there hasn't been a champion that has fallen off that hard, right? Like, you know, you look at a champ like Stipe, right? He lost to Nganu, but he's still, you know, top five. Uh, who else? But he also hasn't fought since, though. Yeah, but but uh, you know, but he's had some good matchups, you know. But I'm I'm, I'm yeah. just talking about you know champions that, that have lost recently. Um, but Amanda Nunes, she's still you know 145 champ. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's kind of a weird division. Not uh, anyone in there really? Yeah, yeah that's why uh, she's kind of wiped it out. Uh, and then I'm trying to think who else has lost recently. You know, Peter Yan just lost, but he's he, he's not that washed. Was, yeah. uh, he's not washed like Cody. Close, close. Yeah, close fight, but it's just like and. You know, it's just sad because I I can't even yeah I, like literally I'm like thinking who has fallen that hard. I don't think anybody has in a really long time. But, no, yeah. Because it seems like like was it a fluke that he beat Cruz that night? <laughs> it's nah, because he had you could definitely tell the style and how he was fighting, and mm-hmm. he was just really in that moment, and he he didn't feel in any danger. He could have got caught, but you you know you could see him showboating and kind of like running circles with them. And I think that was probably the best Cody Garbrandt will probably ever see. You, you know what that, that fight reminded me of? Um, uh, it was when, when TJ Dillashaw fought Henan Barrow, right? At that time, the Brazilians were like uh, unstoppable and yeah. uh, TJ Dillashaw was an underdog, but you watch that fight 
And then you kind of realize like, holy shit, TJ Dillashaw is going to pull this off. He's going to defeat this guy that Dana White was touting as the pound for pound best fighter. If you remember back then, yeah. like, you know, unstoppable. Uh, and when I was watching the uh, Carbon or excuse me, the Garbrandt Cruz fight, I was like, Cruz got so this, like, no problem. But then as the fight was going and uh, Cody's silent on him, making him look stupid and having Dominic Cruz miss, I'm like, holy shit, he's going to do this. And then sure enough, he wins. But then after that, it's he just couldn't, you know, retain and and I get it. It's a, it's a tough division, but it's just uh, okay. Loses the belt, but stay relevant. And he just hasn't. He's just been getting wrecked. And it's just like to me, like when I think of him, I just feel so sad because I I was a fan of his. It's just a career defining performance. Yeah, you know what I mean. He hit his peak. Yeah, I just yeah, he's gonna be old. At least he got the belt though. There's a lot of people that are really yeah. good, put on some insane performances, and they never get that opportunity or you know, fluster. So. Yeah, but it, I feel like if if you don't defend it, it's like he's not really gonna be like I don't really look at that as like a great champion. Like cool, yeah, he got the belt, yeah. but like come on, defend it, do something cool with it. It's a tough weight class. Now he's selling blue chew, so he'll be he'll be all right. Really, I see. I, I didn't even know that. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard about him doing anything. So it's yeah. The the last God, the last thing I heard from him had to have been a uh, a food truck diaries with okay. Brandon Shaw, but but it was like mm-hmm. right after in the apex when he just randomly knocked that dude out at like the last second. Remember? Like Rafael Asun Sao. Yes, he knocked yeah. he, he brutally knocked out a Sun Sao. And yeah, after that, I haven't, other than like, you know, getting not destroyed by, getting yeah. Yeah. by Kai Car France. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. He's just, Kai Car France is doing really well. Like yeah. he's, he's someone to watch out for. Hey, he might even get the next title shot because, uh, you know, uh, the bullshit they're saying about Moreno, you know, talking trash and getting, you know, saying racist things to Davidson. Oh really? Uh, I think Brandon Moreno said some racist to Yeah, I, that's news to me. What did he say? Yeah, no, you didn't see about that? Yeah, that's why oh, Davison you... was saying that he wanted to give Kai Car France because his like I think they referred to him as a monkey or something like that. And yeah, like I think it was I don't know if it was Moreno specifically, but his training partners and stuff. It was a big like he he did like a big tweet about it and he was like, Dana White, I don't wanna, you know, deal with this. It might have been Ali, because I think it doesn't Ali manage him. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, there's, there's no way it was like lost in translation because they speak different languages. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he just took it offensively. Yeah, that's of it. That's so, it's I like, never yeah, I remember reading that and I was like, that's so weird. I was like, I doubt this guy seems like Moreno seems like one of the nicest guys you can fucking meet, you know? Yeah, I, I think it probably was a lot, or you know. One of those things where, you know, English wasn't his... I don't think English was Brandon Moreno's first language. No, he's from Mexico, right? <laughs> like, native. So, I think it, you know, sometimes people say things, you know, Kamsat says stuff sometimes where you're just like, ah, maybe a little too far, but okay. But you probably don't understand fully because you're trying to find the right word to associate. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of that's gnarly. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just looked into it. Um Apparently, um, Marina talked to the UFC and they assured him, don't worry, the fourth fight's happening. Yeah, okay. 
and and he mentioned he was like hey like i wasn't just calling him uh, those names he was using like uh instagram filters i guess he was on live so okay. yeah so he was making fun of the, the filter he was using so it was kind of taken out of context so which makes more it's sense because it's Mar- a good spin <laughs> no it makes sense because like i don't take moreno to be racist he seems so no. nice and no, yeah no like i said he seems like a nice dude but you know davidson and then i'm sure they just wanted to, to get not, away from that matchup yeah. you know because it's, it's not like brandon marino got washed in, in the last one it was just a close fight you know yeah they're pretty evenly matched it's kind of crazy just how much back and forth they go it just like i was really blown away because i was i did not think figueredo was going to do anything in that third fight because the way the second one went, I was like, okay, Moreno's got got it. Like, it, just as long as he comes out like he did in the second fight, he'll be fine. But yeah, Figueroa showed up and made it a fight. That's Cejudo, right? The the new coach of the year. <laughs> Freaking no, he 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 failed the zombie. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, well that's because he's fighting Volkanovski. Volkanovski beat the shit out of fucking zombie. I I felt bad watching that. <laughs> It, 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 it was just one of those times where I'm like, I know Zombie's really good, but he just didn't seem like he belonged in there. It was like, I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, damn, that sucks. Dude. I mean, it, it's funny because there's so many times where people complain about early stoppages or, you know, he wasn't out and things like that. But when that got stopped, everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> that's probably the best decision to make right now. Yeah. Just, it was just, you could see the impact of Volkanovski's strikes. Like, you know, it was it was clear as day that Zombie wasn't fully there. Yeah. Shout shout out uh, the ref kind of yeah. stopping on the feet like that. Well, that was Herb, Herb Dean. Yeah. Dean, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually Herb Dean will let someone die in there. That was. That was. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was Zaki, right? yeah, I was glad. I was glad to see that stoppage for sure because. It made it, it made it into what round four, right? But like, yeah, everything ended up to it, which is domination. Round four was like, okay, this is kind of uncomfortable, and he got touched up a little bit, and they stopped it. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just hoping that the Korean Zombie doesn't actually retire after that fight. Like, I get it, you know, your second title fight came up short, but you know, you got to remember the first one is his shoulder got dislocated, so uh, you know bad luck there this time yeah he did get wrecked but maybe it was just too soon because obviously that opportunity just fell into his lap because of max having to pull out um i just wish he would reconsider and not retire yeah and you know sometimes i've wondered about zombie what his career would look like if he didn't do that military service because he left like Right. In the like in his prime, like he left right after that title shot, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was out for a while. I yeah. mean, but that's the thing. Part of that culture, they you know you have it's mandatory. Like everyone has to do it. Unless oh, and, oh no, and super honorable for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. unless you're BTS. Uh, but yeah, that's, but, <laughs> but they 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 can't let those guys die. Or, you know, imagine some posh. Thing. Holy and, shit! BTS dies while they're on their <laughs> mandatory military leave. North Korea captures them. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's crazy. Um, it, 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 that is, uh, you know, it, it is honorable that, you know, it is required, you know, for their country. Um, I, you know, I'm happy that I didn't have to uh, serve. Uh, your bone spurs or what? No disrespect to you, Jeff. No, no disrespect to Luke. Um, 
No, but, we're good. Um, you, yeah. you know, with that, uh, with with the zombie Volkanovski fight, mm-hmm. um, leading into it, it's it it's one of those fights where just MMA math had me convinced that Volkanovski is just gonna just brutalize him on the feet because mm-hmm. of what Ortega did to him on the feet and what Volkanovski did to Ortega on the feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it just, I don't know. It, it kind of played out not how I wanted it to. Cause I, I Korean zombie, I always want him to win. I'm a huge Korean zombie fan. You know what I mean? He's awesome, but it seemed like kind of a uphill battle against Volkanovski under those conditions, you know? Yeah. You want to be competitive at least, you know, put on a good show, but <laughs> When you're just getting decimated from, you know, the get-go, it's not a good look. Yeah, and shout out Volkanovski. Yeah, I mean, people keep uh, underestimating him, you know. I think at this point, it's like, I don't know, Holloway's probably his great, you know, his greatest uh, threat, I think, out of everyone. And that's probably who he's going to fight. He actually announced today, Volkanovski, that he's in a fight camp. He didn't say who he's going to fight, but saying that he just started his fight camp so kind of curious to see what happens with that i'm sure it has to be max because nobody- yeah you got it. yeah it has to be because since he was he offered the <laughs> fill in for the spot he gave up with green zombie so i'm sure he's maybe ready. maybe yair if max is still hurt maybe yair but that'd be weird like he, doesn't he come off a, so. he's coming off a loss yeah he got brutalized too a little bit wasn't zombie coming off a loss too or no he no. had one in between no no yeah he did have a win yeah he fight crane zombie. uh he fought uh hold on, I'm looking at it. He, he fought uh yeah dan gay so he, he oh, that's right yeah he he, he beat gay um and then uh, he lost to ortega before that yeah i guess before we get into the main pay-per-view I think it'd be worth noting probably one of the craziest cards of the year would be like the UFC in London. Like that with Tom Aspinall versus Alexander Volkov. Oh, like, versus... in t- like in terms of excitement, right? Yeah, like that. I mean, that was the first time they gave everyone who had like a finish a bonus. I mean, because that car was just crazy. Even like, you know, it was nice to see Gunner back. Molly McCann did that spinning back elbow just... You've never seen a girl get KO'd that nasty. I don't like <laughs> you know? her. Yeah, it was kind of weird picking up the belt and like flaunting it around. But man, it was a pretty, you know, it lived up to the hype, that card. I mean, and they already announced they're coming back to London, I think, uh, in two months. <laughs> That's how like successful that was. I'm looking at that card and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't really, like, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I do not remember that card being that exciting. So I'm like puzzled. I'm like looking at the lineup. I'm like, what is Nate talking about? I didn't like Man, that card that much. It was a much. crazy card. Dude, Patty, like, Patty Pimblett overrated. Arnold Allen was probably the best thing about that card. Tom Aspinall just beat the hell out of Alexander Volkov, too. And then Tapora knocking out Herbert, like just after getting brutalized right at the beginning. It was a pretty crazy card, like watching it as it played yeah. out. Paul Craig with his submission triangle after getting just brutalized, too. Yeah, that guy it was a lot of like Craig turnaround. Dang. Cool, cool line. win, but come on, dude! Like you learn how to fight, uh, and I'm not told on on Tom Aspinall. Like, look at his record. Yeah, he has a, he has a nice record, but who has he fought that's really, Jesus. you know, like? Well, I, he, he's supposed to. I think they're announced he's gonna fight someone 
soon. Like, it's they, like he just did it. It's a uh, the dude who got knocked out by Derek Lewis brutally. Great wrestler. Oh, just, Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades and Curtis Blades just just brutalized someone on the feet. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, it was a uh, Dacus. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Like, yeah, 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 that was nasty. He, he was like, <laughs> Dacus isn't doing too good yeah. right now in heavyweight. He's good. Sorry. He's decimated. Sorry, Chris Dacus. Sorry uh, to all the. And it sucks because it's got to feel weird for him because he was a police officer still. And it, he finally he gave that up to be an MMA fighter full time when he fought Derek Lewis. And Dude. man, these Curtis <laughs> Blades had to get it back for, for the brothers. Yeah, I mean that's what Derek Lewis said out there. He's like, "Man, I got paid to beat up a cop." You know? Yeah. No. Um. I I know I have a lot of friends in Philly who were rooting for Chris Dawkins because that's a local guy. But yeah, he got wrecked. Um. But still, I'm not, I'm not sold. If he beats Curtis Blades, who's obviously, uh, you know, his toughest opponent yet, someone who is actually putting in work, because I don't, you know, the other guys are just kind of, you know, people on their way out not really that impressive for that division. So this is a, a nice step up and I get that, that they're trying to build him up because he has the pot- potential to be a star. But when you look at the heavyweight division and you're looking at it, like the you know top of it and, and, and especially with John Jones looming, we'll get to him at some point, but with like steep a surreal, like dude, Tom Aspinall, I don't see him standing like a chance tied to Avasa, who's super durable, crazy knockout power who I'm stoked on. Like well, he's he, fighting gone next. They got matched up. Yeah, so got some interesting fights at heavyweight, but I'm not sold on on Aspinall. Dang, Dana White. That's you got that Dana White privilege. <laughs> yeah, see, I I got that uh, that uh, brown boy privilege, so I'm not like you guys. <laughs> I guess <laughs> if I get Ferguson, uh, yeah, I hope he does well. Uh, I mean, I'm so torn because I'm I'm so, okay. I guess we can just get into the pay per view now, but I'm such a huge fan. Of Michael Chandler, I I was yeah. I was always so impressed with him in Bellator, right? He he had some stumbles, uh, but he's he was always able to get it back uh, against Eddie Alvarez, uh, you know, um, uh, who's the guy that kicked his leg that started this whole uh, uh, you know uh, calf kick thing that like making people's legs go numb. What the hell's his name? Brett Primus, right? Brett yeah. Primus uh, is that okay? I, I just had to dig in my brain for that one. He, he got that one back, which I was. Uh, very excited for but i'm just such a huge michael chandler fan but when i think of him facing tony ferguson that's an orange county guy you know i, I root for every orange county fighter except for carla i will get to that but i just i'm so torn like I, I want tony to win because okay maybe he might be like another person that has such a crazy fall from grace because when you look at him being the interim champ uh you know uh this crazy thing with Khabib and all the crazy performances beating Pettis back in the day. Uh, but then just he's fallen, but he's lost a great competition, right? Gaethje. Um, what's the guy from your Belinda local guy, uh, Benil Dariush. Yeah. yeah. Benil Dariush. Um, it's just like, like he's not getting, he's not losing the cans or anybody, you know, no. um, he's, but, but it's weird because he went from this crazy, um, what seemed like unstoppable force to these performances that are like the complete opposite, right? He's just getting dominated by everybody. Oh, and and you know he got beat up by the champ. I I, told, I can't forget that one, Charles Oliveira. And it's just crazy how it was just he was so dominant and scary for so long, 
And then just these last couple of fights, it's just, it all went away. And he has a lot of excuses. That's the one thing that I hate about him right now is like, yeah. um, you know, I, I had the, the, you know, people with the wrong mindset around me focusing on different things. He's talking about how his boxing coach told him not to jab, but wanted to knock out. But I'm like, dude, you're so far along in your career. You should know better if to jab or not to jab, you know, whether your corner's telling you to or not, like you're in the fight. Um, sometimes yeah. you got to go straight away from the game plan, but. That's the one thing that I don't like about him is that there's just been too many excuses. I wish he would take the Dominic Cruz approach and just accept his defeat and just figure out what to really work on to improve and fix these you know issues. But um, it's just like, yeah, like I'm and this is sad, but I'm putting my money on Chandler just because when I look at those two on paper and what they've done recently and where they're at in their careers, I think Chandler is the better shot. He seems way more durable and uh, I think he has the style to beat Tony because he's going to be because, you know, if you look back at the Pettis, the um, Lando Venata fight, when you pressure Tony and you get up in his face and you don't give him time or space to do that weird shit, he doesn't perform well. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, uh, just doing a little bit of little bit of MMA math, not that it's reliable. <laughs> it's but, not. It's not. <laughs> but he was so competitive against Oliveira and Gaethje more, more so Oliveira. He almost, he almost arguably could have had the Oliveira fight stops and with a different you're, rest, and then he's champion. You're, you're talking about Chandler. I'm talking about Chandler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about Chandler. Like all those fights were competitive with Ferguson against the same two opponents, not even slightly competitive. Yeah. And I, I mean, evidently he's making a lot of excuses or whatever, but, I'm a, I'm a Tony Ferguson fan as well. You know what I mean? How could you not love the dude? I don't like the excuses, but I mean, he did have a really, really awesome win streak. And then some of the weirdness with Khabib and everything else. But I just want to say that they are not doing him any favors, throwing him in there with Chandler at all. Like on paper, Chandler's lost his last two. But anybody who watched either of those fights – knows that there is just a way difference, a, a huge difference in how those turned out against the same opponents. And they just, they just keep feeding Ferguson to the wolves, man. I don't know if his management is like asking for that or how he's ending up in these fights after being kind of dominated against the top competition. But I guess props to him for saying yes to Chandler, you know, that's just, that's a hard ass fight. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's like with Ferguson, it's like, he's always had this like missteps or like this, or I don't know if he got too full of himself at one point where he just, you know, was buying into his own hype and then he just kind of fell off, you know, and now he's like making the excuses because he just can't deal with his own, you know, downfall. But, you know, he brought back his wrestling coach. He did a few things where maybe he's trying to make these adjustments that he's, you know, recognize that you know even though he said like my coach was saying this coach was doing that but i should have been doing this and that you know you're the one that's in the ring you're the one who's gonna know best of what to do and sometimes you got to fight back or you got to do what's you know feels natural to you and so you wanted the jab and do things like that he needs to just flow that's like what tony is his best is when he's just flowing and just going with it and so i don't know i i but I don't see him winning against Chandler. I think Chandler's a lot more durable. 
He's a lot stronger and he's got a good wrestling base. So unless Ferguson can, you know, pull up some, you know, jujitsu or what's he called? Snap jitsu, you know, take him out like, you know, with a quick, you know, arm triangle, you know, like something. I, I don't see him winning by strikes or anything like that. I, I see actually Chandler probably KOing him, if anything. Yeah, see, the big thing that I think about with with Ferguson, and I want I sh- maybe in previous episodes, we've, we've even touched on this. I think a lot of it, if I were to guess, I know I'm just fucking dude in the sidelines or whatever. Um, it's got to be, my. I, I would say it's got to be something mental, right? Like he had documented issues with mental health that became public. You know what I mean? And then now he's on this streak and maybe he's just a matter of trying to get, get your head right to be in the right space to properly fight. And Chandler, he seems like he's a very mentally strong individual and he's going to be fine, you know? So maybe if, if Ferguson, can find a way, you know, hopefully because you want the best for the man, you know, to figure that aspect of his life out. I don't think it's necessarily a physical thing or, or it's an issue with his heart. I think just, it's gotta be tough mentally dealing with all that, you know? Yeah. Especially if you've been so dominant for so long. Yes. And you start falling off, you start, you know, doubting yourself. And if you're already defeated outside of the ring, you're not going to be able to win within it. So yeah. I mean, that's why even Bisping and other people have touched about, you know, seeing a sports psychiatrist and really working on the mental aspect of their game because it's just as important. You got to have a clear mind and a fresh outlook when you're, you know, out there because it is, you know, a brawl. It is a fight and you need to be on your toes at and really sharp with your decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and obviously you want to you want to respect the man's privacy and that's a very touchy subject. And I'm I'm kind of glad the media stopped asking him about it after he told that one reporter to fuck off or whatever. Like, as do you remember that a couple mm-hmm. years ago when they asked him about his mental health and you just hit him with "fuck you"? Yeah, I'm glad yeah. people aren't like trying to pry into that because you want to you want to see the man do well. You know, if I'm yeah. being honest, I think something that would serve him well is if he went to a real camp. Right, because he does everything on his own, has his own little team. And I say little, but he has his own like team, right? He has his own yeah. gym out here in, in, in Costa Mesa, and I think he might be, you know, stifling his skill set. Because if you put him, uh, you know, with people, because if you look at Chandler, right? If, if you watch the Embedded, he's out there at uh, uh, Sanford MMA training with Kamaru Usman, Gilbert Burns, and countless other, you know, high level athletes. And you look at Tony Ferguson, obviously, he, he I'm assuming he didn't want him embedded there because he didn't show up in any of them. But who's he training with? Who's pushing him and actually testing him in the training room to get him ready for this fight? Because if he's still just doing his Wing Chun, going to Big Bear, running miles and miles and miles, but not getting the proper training in, I think that's where he's really hurting. I, I feel like if he went somewhere... Uh, there's literally a ton of gyms out here that he could go to. Um, I don't know why he doesn't, you know, there's Kings, there's, uh, you know, the training lab, there's the private Ruka gym, or he could even go like, if he, I feel like if (laughs) this is weird, but I would love to see him go down to Arizona, go to fight ready and have uh, Henry Cejudo work with him. I think that'd be insane. But 
I just think that's something that would serve him really well if he did that, but he he doesn't, and uh, it's just not a good look because he yeah. and he's switching out his coaches. You know, remember he got rid of one yeah. team, brought in another, and now he's got you know some of his older coaches back. And when when you're you constantly bringing people in and out like that, it's never a good recipe, right? If you look at people who are successful, they have a solid team backing them, who have their best interests in mind, and who know them. But when it comes to Tony Ferguson, it just seems like it's just like this revolving door of teammates and coaches. And it's just, uh, you know, I think that's something that's really hurting him. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with that a hundred percent, Jamie. Mm-hmm. And his last three fights, well, technically four at this point, they're all against top five dudes. Mm-hmm. Like give him a, give him a fight where maybe he gets a gets another wind back, can kind of get his mojo going, and then build up. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, do that. Just throw throwing him in there with with uh, with Chandler. I mean, maybe he pulls it out, but in, in, and if he does win, you got to think it's going to be a war, and he's going to take a ton of damage against a guy like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't mind. Almost kind of like what they're doing with with Cowboy Cerrone in a way like level in the competition down a little bit, not saying Joe Lozon isn't hard as fuck. You know what I mean? I, yeah, that's a different conversation, but instead of nothing but top five killers, maybe you give Tony Ferguson, like a Dan hooker or somebody that's in the top 15. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Someone in a similar situation. (laughs) It, It almost reminds me of what they were doing to Tyron Woodley except Woodley was champion. They just kept giving him these hard ass, amazing fighters just to make a name off them, you know? Yeah. Well, so currently Tony is ranked seven, right? And yeah. he has fought everybody in the, uh, or he, so he's ranked seven. He's, he's fought everybody in front of him. Um, except for Chandler. That's this Saturday. But the only other people that he hasn't fought are uh, Poirier and Makachev. Uh, so th- those are you know two new new matchups that th- they could u- use, but uh, depending on how Saturday turns out, he has lost to Benil, who's ranked fourth, lost to Gaethje, who's ranked number one, and he's lost to the champ. So that's you know three out of the six. So I, it, it's just rough, man. It, I, yeah, I I don't yeah. I, I want him to win, but I don't see him winning. And even if he does, I don't see him putting in work against Makachev. Um, you know, maybe you know, Poirier might be on the way out. He could have a good fight against Poirier, but if he rematches Oliver or Gaethje, who've gotten better since their last outing against Ferguson, I just don't see it going well for him. Yeah, it makes, I mean, the more we dig into this, it kind of makes me wonder about his management too. Like, if he's cha- if he was tra- changing out his camp, mm-hmm. change management, he did remember because remember he he was um, him and Connor had the same management and he oh, felt he yeah, felt like yeah. they were they were um, hiding Connor from him so he he parted ways and yeah his whole his whole management shit's all fucked up everything's fucked up about all his stuff behind uh, the scenes and it's just I think that's a big issue yeah because yeah, you got to think like obviously Tony Ferguson the man is going to say yes to everybody he wants the challenge he'll fight the entire division mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Well, but like a manager is supposed to in a good team, mm-hmm. you're going to dial that back a little bit and you're on a three fight skid, maybe try and say yes to a more winnable fight than Chandler, you know? 
Yeah. Well, if, if you watch his interview today, because he, he had his um, interview with the press, like leading up to the pay per view, he talked mm-hmm. about how he is a company man. He wants to be a company man. Um, he was always there for them. But, you know, where are they for him now? And he just seems like like in that interview, like he's really bitter about a lot of things that the UFC has done to him and haven't done uh, to, to benefit him since he's been there, put his neck out for them. And some of the shit that, that he brought up is kind of fucked up, too. Like when he tripped on like the set of um, UFC on Fox and you know, tore his knee when he was uh, you know going to fight Khabib. He, he was talking about how they didn't even send him home on a private jet. Um, he had to you know book his own flight home. They just didn't yeah. even care. And he just was talking about uh, uh, just how he was always there for them. But uh, it just seems like they never really cared like for him. And he is so bitter. It, it's just not a good look. And, and he, he was talking about how they're pressuring him like now to sign a, an extension on his contract. But he's not going to do it because he wants to do other stuff. He says he wants to wrestle, wants to play baseball wants to uh, I think he said he wants to uh, I don't know he said like boxing or something else. He, he just said he wants to do a bunch of other stuff to try to make money because because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't make enough money and he, he didn't want to get like too into it but he was talking about how like yeah like we don't make enough money and it's sad um, and he just wants to make money to provide for his family but UFC he, he kept calling the UFC and Dana White drug dealers which yeah. it was just like a weird thing I'm like how are they drug dealers but I'm like oh whatever uh, it's kind of strange but but hey. it, it was just sad, man, because you're talking about Tony Ferguson, you know, former intern yeah. for like Jesus, yeah, and and he looks older up there, right? His, his hair is, you know, yeah. he, he's more grays, like the, the grays are pronounced, and it's rough. Grim. Dude, I hope he's financially stable. Imagine having all this going on and you don't got money and you have to fight. Like that's that's kind of dark. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it is for some of these people. It shouldn't be for someone like Ferguson who's been with them for that long, of but. Yeah, it's yeah a that former, was a lot of people early on. Former tough, you know, champion. He was an interim champ at one point, no? Yeah, yeah, he was an interim champ, but he won tough. I, I, I forget which season it was, but still, like, he's done so much. Uh, like, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it's sad that you know people like him in that yeah. position can still struggle. You think he'd be Hall of Fame eventually, you know what I mean? Like, I would consider him to be kind of a legendary fighter, for sure. Like, yeah, they might put one of his fights in because he's had some pretty crazy wars, you know. Like they just like put the Cub fight into oh, the yeah. Hall of Fame. That's awesome. Like it uh, gets um, can't think of his name. Song. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was a. Uh, we know what you're talking about. The name's on the tip of my tongue, but I know the the exact fight you're talking about. Yeah, because I mean they pretty much gave Cub. A, you know that fight because uh, they were probably Duho Choi. Yeah, Duho Choi. Thank you, Jamie. I had to look that up. You um, know, you yeah. gotta you gotta think if we're talking classic Ferguson fights for me, um, him versus Pettis. Dude. Yeah, that fight was fucking bananas, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a fight. Shit. Yeah. That one was crazy. I, I really liked the fight against Barbosa. I'll, I'll never forget. I was I, I was in some casino in Vegas, yeah. and I was like, "Don't worry, Barbosa, uh, he, he's got it." And that was our, our parlay buster. I'll never forget. This. All my friends were pissed at me because I was like, "Don't worry, Barbosa is gonna do it." And Tony Ferguson was just bloodied up, and oh my god, I'll, I was so pissed off that he was able to get this darts choke on him. Because if you go back to that fight, uh, you know that was when. Uh, 
Barbosa was uh, kind of on, on like you know like rocky situation right uh, he was on like a, a just lost to John Michael Johnson beat Felder and then met Fer- Ferguson um but I, I could have sworn Barbosa was yeah. gonna come back from them but I, I'll just never forget that fight but just seeing Tony come back and uh you know both of them just bloodied up and him hitting that dar stroke and subbing Barbosa was crazy yeah that was a good fight man Barbosa is did pretty well up and you know like he kind of turned his career out around for a little bit too because he was kind of in the same position ferguson was for a bit just like you know kind of dropped off he was unhappy with his pay and all that and then he got a new contract and started doing pretty well unfortunately he lost to bryce mitchell but you know that guy's yeah. undefeated so he's it is what it is he's two and two in his last four so um you know it's kind of like was it a good move to go down you know, and arguably he won that Danny Gio fight. Um, yeah, I, I think he won that. You know, he lost split decision, but uh, you know, as know. they say, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. That's bullshit. Especially some of these <laughs> freaking. It, it's sad that that's a thing in MMA. Like, I, I wish we could trust the judges. You know. Yeah, but it's not like it's any better in boxing or anything else, too. There's some of those ones where you're just like looking at the scorecard, you're like, what? <laughs> How did they even come up with that? Well, I'm still convinced that boxing is still just as corrupt as it's always been. Yeah. But uh, where do you want to start? I mean, we kind of jumped the Chandler and Ferguson, which is in the middle of the <laughs> main card. Uh, is anyone in the prelims you guys want to talk about? Yeah, you guys are talking about, um, before we start recording, you guys wanted to talk about that. Um, Brandon Royval versus Matt Schnell. Shout out Matt Danger. I, uh, I I'm a huge fan of uh, Matt. I'm I'm picking him to win. I just uh, I I love his striking. His his boxing. He's so accurate. Um, I just hope that he's uh, able to come out and have a nice performance because his his last fight was uh, you know overturned as no contest against uh, I can't even pronounce the guy's name Rogerio back at UFC 262, but I, I just want him to come back and uh, have a good performance just because I've been such a fan of him because he was, uh, I've been a fan of him since he was on that MTV reality show caged. It was like him and like Dustin Poirier and Matt Chanel was like coming up. He was the young kid and Poirier was already like established and was like kind of like being like a mentor towards him and uh, kind of letting him know like, Hey, you got real skills. You can do this. And to be yeah. here in 2022 and he's still performing really well in the UFC. I, I'm really stoked for him and, uh, you know, just want him to continue to do well. Yeah. You know, Brandon Royval just kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, lit the world on fire, but he's kind of uh, stumbled a little bit. So it'd be interesting to see. He's a little reckless, and I think that's what, you know, gets him in trouble because he throws some loop and punches and just kind of like wild exchanges. So, you know, Matt's probably going to be a lot sharper in terms of that, but I don't know if the craziness of Brandon can kind of throw off his game and maybe he might try to go for a submission against Matt. But yeah. uh, well, no, it's a pretty, it's a good matchup for sure. Though. And, I, I really uh, would want Brandon to win personally. Uh, interesting fact, their last fight was against the same guy, Matt Schnell. Uh, I, I mentioned his... Uh, uh, you know, it, it got uh, turned to no contest because Rogerio tested positive for some sort of yeah. substance. Uh, and uh, Brandon Royval beat Rogerio back in the day. So, uh, you know, if you want to do your MMA math, it's kind of there because they, they have similar, 
you know, uh, uh, opponents. They both yeah. lost um, Pantoja. Not a lot of people in flyweight. They, they both lost to uh, Pantoja. Uh, didn't, is... didn't Hoival beat uh, Askarov? No, no, he beat Kai Kara France. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. That's a that's an insane victory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially now in retrospect, you know, you see where they're at respectively and you're like, wow. Yeah. You know, it, it shows you how good Brandon can be, but it goes down to him just kind of throwing caution in the wind and kind of just going for it, which people like, you know. I I personally I want to see Schnell win for reasons similar to Jamie. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be just on paper, it seems like probably one of the crazier fights on an already crazy card. Yeah. 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 So good fight to open up the uh, prelims on ESPN on ESPN plus. So pretty good. I'm really excited yeah, for there's that welterweight fight the Randy Brown versus uh, chaos Williams. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> that, dude, I don't know who to pick on that one. Cause you know, Randy, you know, so rude I, boy. I he's all going to sleep for sure, but it's just who, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen. I think I'm leading chaos on that one. I think he's just got some extreme power mm-hmm. and he's, you know, it's not like he hasn't been undefeated in UFC, but he's definitely, I think when he got his loss, he kind of turned, he's turned it around. He's really, I think finding his footing, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy card. I mean, a crazy fight. I'm, I'm going straight up team chaos. The man's name is chaos with a K. Like yeah. on paper, mm-hmm. that's fucking incredible. Yeah. But no, no, I I agree. I think someone's going to sleep, and uh, I don't think it's chaos. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I'm gonna go Randy Rudeboy Brown by submission, second round. Let's go. Uh, okay, okay. And then lightweight, or you wanna? Yeah, we can go. We can go lightweight. It's man. Cerrone versus our boy Joe Lozon. I mean, these are both legends in the sport. I mean, they both have provided so much okay, you know, okay. Cerrone. can we be honest here Cerrone should have retired a long time ago yeah um, yeah it's definitely past his pride but i think this is a good matchup because they're both kind of at that point you know where one of them probably have to hang it up after this because it's just not good for their health it's not good for that but hopefully who knows you know maybe uh one of them will get redemption I mean, unfortunately, it kind of seems like... <laughs> this just this is uh, if I'm being honest, this just seems like a sad fight. Lozon hasn't fought since 2019. Uh, you know, Donald Cerrone hasn't won in his last six fights. Why? What's the point? The only just thing that uh, it makes me happy about this is I don't know if you guys saw that thing about they were interviewing Cerrone, and this is going to be the first fight like where his son's like actually watching him. And he started like crying about it, you know, because yeah, he's crying because he knows he's getting, his son's got to watch him get knocked out. <laughs> right, he's like yeah. he's like, my son's gonna watch me get knocked out by this bald Boston dude. Come on, so I, man, I'm with you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just giving him Joe Lozon to try and prop him back up, maybe for like a last fight, and he retires or something. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Lozon just comes out like a fucking bat out of hell and tries to end it in the first, like he's done to other people. And if he's not able to do it, then yeah, Cowboy probably beats him. But I don't know, man. I think, I think it's actually like a pretty competitive matchup. And I think Joel Lozon can get it done. And 
Fun fact about Joe Lozon. I don't know if you knew this, Jamie. Back in the day, uh, Death Wish used to sponsor fighters. And there's fights where Joe Lozon just straight up has Death Wish on his shorts. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Uh, you know, good on them. Uh, I've never seen him at a show or heard of him going to a show, but I think that's awesome whenever there's like these uh, cool ties to, to hardcore. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's cool trivia that kind of falls into what we talk about, you know? 100%. And the only thing that surprises me about this fight is that they've never fought before, right? Because if you think about their, oh, their, yeah. their, their legacy, they have been orbiting each other for years. You know, uh, they were both fighting in the lightweight division in, in their heyday. Uh, and for them to not have ever fought is crazy because you know both highly ranked you know at the same time but it just never happened so that's pretty interesting it and you know you i almost want to say that cowboy similar to ferguson i guess in a way even though we fought they fought you know how it ended up Mm -hmm. they were just feeding fucking cowboy to ferguson when ferguson was on a tear gaichi uh conor mcgregor just like really tough fights i i happen to think uh he won the pettis fight you know what i mean like i i'm, I'm not I, I i disagreed with that decision interesting okay um, i don't know if you guys remember that fight mm-hmm. but uh i mean he got his ass beat pretty bad by alex morono and up until that fight i'd never even heard of that dude yeah if i'm being honest you know that's fair too much damage you know and yeah, they fight that often, that you know, consistently. It catches up I mean, to you. And, yeah. And he's a dad. I can tell you guys, as mm-hmm. a dad, if you hold up your end in terms of like parenting and like being there for your kids, it's such a hard thing to balance when you have to be disciplined with something like MMA, right? And he likes to have fun all the time. And he's trying to build that ranch. Like it almost feels like he has kind of one foot in, one foot out, you know. Yeah, tell it to John Jones. He's a dad. He's out doing coke. He's beating everybody's ass without even training. So, so I, you know, that's kind of a sad thing. It's one of those things. Like, God, it could have been. No, he's still one of the most one of the best fighters in the world. But Jesus it's just like Christ. Donald Cerrone. He's he's the guy. He's the guy that I'm afraid Corey Sanhagen will become. He's the guy that chokes in those big fights he never yeah. got over the the hump and yeah. yeah he he went on this impressive run right from 2013 to 2015 might have been like his best run ever in the ufc but he just could never live up to the moment which i totally get you know pretty fucking hard right to to perform on those nights but he's just one of those fighters and there's more of them out there that when they are given the opportunity, they just don't live up to their true potential. And it's sad. Uh, so, yeah. and, and, you know, like I loved Cowboy, you know, since he was in the WEC, his rivalry against Jamie Varner up until now. But just seeing him go out the way that he has, is, it's just, it sucks. Like, literally, out of the last six fights, because I'm looking at his record right now, the last six fights, he's had the decision loss to Pettis that, uh, you know, Jeff is uh, not in agreement with, which is fine. He had 
um, the draw with Nico Price, which was uh, overturned to no contest because Nico Price tested positive for marijuana, which is stupid. Uh, yeah. But every other fight, he lost TKO, Moreno, TKO punches, McGregor, TKO, or TKO, TKO, excuse me, uh, head kick and punches, Justin Gaethje, TKO punches, Tony Ferguson, TKO doctor stoppage. It's just like there's too much damage, especially the, the and it's the kind of damage that he took, you know, like, you know, fight after fight. It's like, you know, like, obviously, I, I'm not a fighter, so I, I don't know what it's like, but there, there has to be a moment where you're sitting alone or you're laying your head, you know, before you go to bed and you have to have this realization where it's like it's, it's not it anymore. And for Cowboy, I think that happened a long time ago, and I don't know why he's still around. And, and it, it sucks because. I don't like watching these fighters that I had admired, you know, fall like this, like, you know, BJ Penn, that bums me out, you know, Cowboy, Tony Ferguson, Frankie Edgar. There's so many fighters that I love and respect, but when I see them stick around for too long, it's just like, please look at GSP. That's why I have to keep saying, look at GSP. He did it right. He took Wait, some losses, became a champ in multiple divisions, made a fuck ton of money, was a gentleman inside and outside the ring. He just did it right. Follow that blueprint. I I think uh, another thing with Cowboy, and this is something that totally stands out to me, especially considering the damage and his age mm-hmm. and all those things, is that these brutal losses came after dropping back down to lightweight after going up to welterweight because he was having a tough time making lightweight. So you got to think that he has all these weight cuts mm-hmm. at an older age and it's just getting brutalized by these people. That's going to add up after a while, not to mention when he was at welterweight, he was getting knocked out by people like till Edwards, Masvidal. Like he took some pretty hard losses at that weight class too. And it just, it accumulates, you know? Yeah. It's pride, you know, like it's you're used to being the man, you know, being the one like it's hard, like when you're a fighter or things like that, because it's in your DNA. It's what you've done your entire life. It's not like something you could do part time. It's a lifestyle. So it's one of those things where you have to break those habits. And I don't know if they've been willing to do that yet. And maybe after this, if he gets the win, he can, you know, hang it up and call it a day on that, hopefully. But well, uh, I bet, I bet you money has a lot to do with it too, because he has so many, he's even said it in interviews. He spends all his money on his hobbies mm-hmm. and yeah. building his, his, his BMF ranch or whatever, you know, um, he probably gets paid top dollar for these fights. And maybe he just wants to get one last hurrah on a main card on a big pay-per-view and make a gang of money, you know, who knows? Yeah. I, I spent all this time talking crap about Cerrone, how I want him gone, but I will say the fight against um, uh, Alexander Hernandez was something that yeah. I needed because Alexander oh, yeah. <laughs> Hernandez is talking so much shit, calling him old man, <laughs> talking about he's he's the you know the the new kid who's going to take over, and he had to eat every single thing that he said yeah. about Cowboy. Cowboy yeah, whooped his ass, dude. I still don't like that. <laughs> can't stand Hernandez because of that. Like literally, I will never forget it, mm-hmm. and I will never give Hernandez like a fair shake ever again. Even though he was trying to ape like Conor McGregor, kind of like how Kevin Lee used to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it just rubbed me exactly the wrong way. 
and seeing Cerrone beat that ass was so fucking satisfying. Yeah, he uh, since Cerrone, he's been on this trend of win loss, win loss, win loss. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, um, he hasn't not that great, <laughs> not Alexander the Great, not yeah. And you mentioned uh, Cerrone's, uh, you know, doing it for money, Jeff. I, I'm like, I I pulled up his his salary. Uh huh. Um, and he and makes it. You know, obviously this isn't accurate, but um, you know, it's probably in the ballpark. But they say he's he's worth around seven million. Um, oh, good for him. Yeah, because so they don't. Uh, the, I'm looking at something that's outdated, by the way. But um, uh, yeah, those P3 sponsorships, like he was doing the, you know, showing him eating the freaking uh, cheese well, and all that. So he's got he's doing Budweiser well. too, right? Yeah, Budweiser. See, he 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 probably well, so he leaned in pretty hard to his persona, right? And yeah. it mm-hmm. obviously has monetized it. So I didn't consider that when I mentioned the money thing, but. Yeah, but you still want a good paycheck, you know. You still, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen him in the a P three commercial sense. I think they switched to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, because they're like, I'm yeah, sure it's over now. We, we need a better athlete than than him. What I want is okay, beat Joe Lozon, and then have your final fight against Bobby King Green. Oh, dude, King. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby King would would beat the shit out of him on the feet, dude. Well, Bobby Green needs it needs his get back for cowboy <laughs> for guess. cowboy being racist. Hey, fucking... there's hey, there's no shame in losing to freaking uh uh Bobby Green. No, to no, 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 no. To, uh, Mak- to Islam, yeah. Mak- mm-hmm. yeah, there's no shame in that at all. Yeah, you know, he took him on short notice. That. Yeah, I think he gained from that actually. Yeah, it's one of those rare instances where you lose, but you it's like a positive outcome. It doesn't happen too often. Michael Chandler. Yeah. But so from here. Wait, 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 wait. You're gonna diss Joe Lozon like that? We spent all this time on Cowboy. Hey, Joe Lozon's my pick. I think he I think he goes in there early and swarms him. Uh, just vintage Joe Lozon style, because he's got nothing to lose. Joe Lozon, he's going to go in there with his big old bald head and his big ears, and he's going to perform some slick jujitsu on Cowboy and just get him out of there. I, I think he's going to sub him round one. I think it's got a good decision. Okay. I think I'll go for a Cerrone decision, and then he'll put his hat in the middle of the cage and walk out. No, he, if he puts that hat down, the lights are going to cut. Bobby Green's going to appear and just beat his ass right there. Oh, my God. Hell in the cell or what? <laughs> Something. I love Bobby Green. Shout out, shout out to the IE. Um, okay. Well, the light heavyweight. I can't. I I hate this fight, dude. I hate this fight yeah, so much. I don't care much about it. Like this is another fighter, right? <laughs> Which I'm like, please, Shogun. You are a fucking legend, right? He's had some amazing fights in his career. I know a lot of people like the fight against Dan Henderson. I prefer the second fight against uh, Leota Machida. But, oh, man, I just, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. He, he was so good. And I, and I think it's, he ran to John Jones and John Jones just kind of made us realize like, hey, Shogun was the champ. I'm the new champ and I'm on another level. He, John Jones raised the bar so high. It made Shogun look so shitty after that. And I just don't know why they're going back to this fight against um, OSP. Cause you know, they, they had fought before. Right. Yeah, and, and OSP. Yeah. Won that, right? Yeah. yeah knocked him out. 
bad. It was pretty oh, nasty. Wow. It was against the cage, right? Yeah, knocked it. And this was in the first round. And it's just like Shogun is so slow, which, you know, it's just, I, I, I'm picking OSP again. But, you know, OSP, he's on a two fight losing streak that Jamal Hill lost was pretty nasty. And um, shout, yeah. uh, shout out uh, Jamal, Jamal Hill's Hill. like good, good fighter. Hate his tattoos, but he's a good yeah. fighter. <laughs> he's, he's a guy with a weird like thumbs up tattoos. It's like, come on, dude, get out of here. It, that. That's pretty weird. It just looks so weird. I, I wish I could have sat like that, in. Like that. Yeah, I, I wish I could have sat in when he went to his tattoo artist. Like, All right, this is my idea. I got two thumbs up on my he chest. Saw Steve-O's <laughs> tattoo. So bad, yeah. so bad. But um, yeah, I'm picking OSP. I don't. I, yeah, I, I just don't. This, this is another thing. What, what does it do for either of them? They're both, and I, I, I feel so negative on this podcast. They're both washed up. Those two aren't holding a candle to anybody in the top ten. I would have rather that they maybe headline the prelims or something, and then you throw Randy Brown, KS Williams on the main card. Yeah, I think it's but, just name recognition, though. Like, I, I there think, are a lot. Of I think it, it's because of how much money they make. They're like, yeah, we got to put them, in, you know, in, in a better spot. That's I, that's the only thing I can think of because those guys aren't ranked. They're washed up. Shogun probably makes a ton of money. I can't imagine OSP's making that much. Yeah. Well, no, because he he fought John Jones for the title at one point, mm-hmm. so maybe I don't he know. might be making decent, you know, like good solid mid range, you know, pay. Which would be what, ten like and ten? <laughs> no, probably like probably hundred k, like the show. Okay, now I have to look this up because uh, this is going to bother me. If I don't know how much OSP is making. <laughs> Text them. Be like, yo. No, I'm gonna. Uh, okay, l- l- let's see. OSP. On his last fight, right? Who, who did he fight last? Uh, um, he lost to Tanner Boser. Shout out my Canadians yeah. out there. Um, how old is this shit? Tanner uh, Boser was most recent. So. Okay, yeah. So he, he lost to Boser. So he, um he had um a, a hundred thousand to show and twenty one thousand. Uh, okay, so uh, since he lost, he only got a show money, which was the hundred thousand, yeah. and then he had um, his incentive pay for fight week, which was twenty one thousand. So he walked away with one hundred twenty one thousand. That's before taxes, right? So that's that's about what Nate said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Nate, you nailed that. I know God, Nate's over here, um, you know, uh, pocket watching, not even telling us. Okay. Well, dude, he's living in the, he's living in the future. He hit us with yeah, the big I told you. Right NFTs, crypto. I'm your boy, man. Okay, no, okay. don't don't invest in this. Why? You don't want your your satoshis? <laughs> well, maybe crypto's okay, but NFTs don't do that. Are you kidding me? The board apes? Yeah, you don't want your ETH? Like, you don't want your ETH? About that, how bad it's dropped off? Like eighty eight percent of active wallets have stopped ceasing. So there's only an active twelve percent of like ones actually trading. Then compared to the peak of last year, so it, it, it's dropping off hard. Hey, semi-related. You you brought up those bored apes or whatever and NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you ever see the still? And we were talking about Cheeto Vera. Mm-hmm. When he front kicks Frankie Edgar, but they pause it. Yeah. He looks. He he looks in the picture like one of those NFTs. Pull it up. Pull that oh, shit up. Yeah. You're gonna see exactly what I mean. No, I've I've seen it. It's, it's a sad yeah. picture. It, it looks because it looks like he's like, like you know, like his Just, chin is higher. Yeah, like it's like it's so nasty. Yeah. That was such a whoever took that photo did a good job. Caught it right on the I like when they get like photos that are just like that split second where it's like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, this. I mean, if, they're, going. they're going pretty hard with that right now too. UFC has those NFTs, but even Diaz, Nate Diaz, like, don't buy that bitch ass NFT. I wonder yeah. how well, how much the fighters get from those. Like, I mean, it is their knockouts and whatnot? Probably nothing. Why would they used to give them shit? Yeah. I so I know a guy who actually does art and makes nfts and and semi-successfully sells them mm-hmm. but he's the only person i know making money on nfts that isn't like some kind of celebrity minting them you know what i mean and yeah i don't know it's not it's not something that at this point i think i would ever invest in i would jamie's is about to make this an nft no no i I've, I've thought about doing something with uh the podcast but I wouldn't want to, you know, do some sort of whack shit, do a rug pull, you know, fuck over everybody. I'd, I'd want it to to be legit. So before I ever even like even think about doing something like that, because obviously if I ever did anything like that, I'm putting my whole reputation on the line. Yes. Um, And I, I'd want it to be legit because I, I think NFTs are pretty fucking cool because I think a lot of people um hear nfts and obviously they're not very knowledgeable on it they think oh like why am i buying a jpeg but that's very surface level uh but when you when you look into it and figure out how much more in depth it actually is um and you know and like you know you can do like a bunch of different things with uh, these nfts so it's just like a big conversation to have but for people to think, oh, like, why would I pay for a JPEG when I could just copy, <laughs> copy and paste or whatever? But no, it's it's not like that. You can you can do that, but you don't actually own it. You know, like there's like a like a ledger and like you can see everything. Um, I think You're it's I, I think it's really cool that um, it's you know taking off because you know Nate, Nate, I'm fucking stuttering. Nate, you play video games. I play video games. I'm sure Jeff, you play video games. When I think of you know the amount of shit that i've bought when in terms of skins for characters or guns and knowing that i don't own that shit when uh, uh, my kid fortnite exactly but in the future when you know companies start implementing shit where you can actually own it and resell and do cool shit with it and you don't you know obviously you don't have to be in it for the business of reselling but to have actual ownership i think that's pretty fucking cool yeah i, I think know. this so this is counter strike already so we're about to we should probably bring it back to MMA, but I'm going to make a comment on this because this is a whole other conversation. I think um, investing in NFTs and participating is more so a reflection of betting on blockchain technology really kind of taking over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I agree with that sentiment. I just happen to, uh, I happen to invest in just certain coins instead of NFTs. For sure. Like I I haven't gone the NFT route. But yeah, no, there's definitely crypto that that I'm in at this point. No, yeah, and I, I I think that's not a bad move. Um, oh, and, and Nate, you mentioned Counter Strike. Yeah, because Counter Strike has a marketplace like that where you own all the skins you have, and that's why there's certain hats and things, and you can sell it within there. It's mm-hmm. been like that for like ten years. Yeah, but it's just it's up to the developers and things to actually implement that kind of stuff because they would rather you buy something for a single game and then have to rebuy similar skins in the next one it's just and, especially about how much money they make off of microtransactions mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah so and, they, they don't want to lose control in the market see they want you to be a slave but not, uh, hey but, not not only that mm-hmm. crypto in general 
And I'm sure with the NFTs being really low right now is a reflection of it. It's volatile, man. Like, 100%, dude. If, if, if something like Dogecoin could skyrocket, like, you know, obviously you got to be very careful with, uh, you know, what you invest in, but with anything, right? Not just crypto, just in general, yeah. you, you obviously got to, yeah, stocks, that should go watch Wolf of Wall Street. That shit's all fake. Uh, but, it's just you know yeah just be smart and just know that it's nothing's guaranteed like right yeah. the, the 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 bitcoin the uh, ethereum dogecoin milf coin whatever uh, yeah. just just be smart do, do do not buy into your fucking favorite influencers selling you shit go look up oh, sam pepper no. oh people have been ripped off Dude. so nasty it blows it blows story. my mind how stupid <laughs> people are like oh my god my favorite youtuber said to buy this coin so i spent all my savings on this coin and they just dipped oh. out it's like like no. are you kidding me you really thought that their coin was gonna take over bitcoin ethereum dogecoin or anything you're a fucking you're an idiot like yeah. be a little do a little research it's not that hard to look this shit up and figure out what's really going on yeah dude i mean yeah no i i've never personally never invested in anything like that because it just seems like very ponzi scheme you mm -hmm. know and some could argue crypto in general is kind of like that because a lot of the whales can kind of influence when things dip down and yeah. whatever like i said whole whole other conversation mm -hmm. um there's definitely a few select coins that i consistently invest in yeah Okay. Hopefully, you know, we got a lot of people over do. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you might push that dodge do you know, all the way to the top. I, I think it's crazy that crypto has gone kind of down in the past. I mean, obviously, big picture climbs like crazy, but yeah. it's gone down since like the Dogecoin craze and all that stuff. And it's more visible than it's ever been. Like the crypto.com with the UFC. I was yeah. just about to bring like, that up. It seems like it's just in everybody's face and mainstream people are aware of it, but it's not, hasn't, hasn't bumped the price up, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's just a matter of time when they opened that federal reserve and realize it's, it's been empty, but um, I just wanted to kind of get away from it. Cause we could talk about this all night, but yeah, you, you mentioned yeah. uh, uh, crypto.com. They're doing that um, fan bonus where you go and, you know, yeah, vote. that's kind of cool. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Fuck. Th that is cool. Um, but <laughs> I feel like that's, a, you know, 30,000, uh, you know, dollars in Bitcoin. Like, come on, couldn't they do a little more? Like, I'm sure they have a lot more money to play with. It just seems kind of like low. Yeah, it's Staples less center probably cost them though. Wait, Holy what? Shit. The Staples Center, because they took that over. I can't imagine how much they had to pay for that shit. Yeah, but at, at this point, 30k doesn't even give you a full Bitcoin. Like it's at, I don't know, probably like 39. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I just like when I look at that, I'm like, that's that's less than the normal bonus. Yeah. Um I I need to step away for a couple minutes. Is that gonna work right now? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, yeah Nate and I will continue. You can just pop back in. Yeah, do do that and I'm just gonna I'm gonna mute myself real quick. All right. Give me I don't know, probably like five minutes. Okay. That's fine. Oh good. All um, right, thanks. Damn. Crypto. Imagine he didn't mute himself and he's just here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that is uh, it is weird how people are so stupid on zoom like like those people who are jerking off during their like work meetings on zoom like why like you're really that turned on you're such a fucking well, it's weirdo even weirder when it's like someone who's like a public figure or someone that's like a journalist you know where it's actually part of a panel on live tv it's like why would you do that like he stands up and he's like flashes his dick to everyone you're like you had to know like it's just like it's almost like they want to it's like you know they talk about that attention seeking like it's like how far can i go mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy got hired back by the way too the one who who exposed himself like <laughs> during a fucking interview or during like a round table where you have his pants off they gave him his job back so it, it's stuff like that i don't get how people rebound from shit like that because i'm pretty sure if i took my pants off at work i'd probably probably want to get my job back you know yeah that that'd be pretty you gotta go to awkward. you gotta go stock some chips with uh your pants off see what happens i'm trying to think if i had anything weird happen while i was at my corporate job like that no nothing really weird especially now because like i'm always like a little bit older I'm, I'm just straight business when i'm there if if you're not somebody that i need to communicate with i'm not fucking talking to you yeah i've always like i always you know, because I'll take calls for work and things like that. They're always like, oh, this is such a stupid issue. Stupid question. I'm like, I get paid. Like, so if it's easy or stupid, I'll fucking, I'll answer it. I don't care. That's what I'm here for, you know? <laughs> like, the easier it is, the better, you know? Like, you're making my life freaking not a struggle, you know? Yeah. And plus, it's weird. like, I like helping people. I like the, you know, it's mutual benefit. It's like, I like interacting and helping others it's like really i say i'm the least i could do i'm so antisocial. I, I i just don't want to talk to anybody my there's this uh, girl at work she's uh such a poser <laughs> and i hate i sound like such a gatekeeper but she um and i don't want to say what band it is I'll, I'll tell you off air but uh, she was wearing this band hoodie and i was just like <laughs> laughing because i'm like okay she she's this type of person uh, that listens to this type of band, which is which is fine. And she's wearing this hoodie, and I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, I literally know the guy that designed that hoodie that she's wearing, and yeah. and she has no idea that I listen to uh, to hardcore or, or do anything like that because I'm at work, right? I'm, I'm in my Frito Lay uniform. I'm not wearing like hardcore merch to work. Um, yeah. So I, I like see her in this hoodie, and she's like rocking, you know, uh, that hoodie that that my buddy designed. And I'm like thinking about it. I was like, I've never seen her at a normal show. Uh, so it always trips me out. I'm like, this is so weird that there's people who like this type of music that just don't even come out. Yeah. When I, I when, but like the whole thing is like it's best served in a live setting. Just the the type of like raw energy that you get from seeing these bands perform live. The you know the crazy moshing, and it's not the push pit moshing. It's more like the crazy. Um, I always call. I like to call it the the ninja dancing or the karate dancing and yeah. wild stage dives. It's like I, I I could not imagine liking that type of music and not wanting to go see it live. You know, as one thing I forgot to mention is uh, when I was at Coachella, you know how we saw Turnstile in that one uh, stage where it's kind of smaller, kind of makes it look like a club. Mm-hmm. Whatnot. Um, when I was, I went there because uh, there was the band playing called Pup, and I was like, it was one of the only like kind of normal rock bands playing Coachella. So I was like, should go support, you know, kind of see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching them, 
Because I like that a lot of people were stage diving and like jumping off, like running up on the stage, jumping off, and security wasn't stopping them and doing stuff. And I was just like, yeah. I was like, kind of seems like maybe that's what they actually wanted. Because I know we were talking about it when we were there, like no one was really doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember just sitting there and watching all these people like running on stage, jumping off, and like doing all these things. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't expect that. It's interesting. We got to see it out. I, I remember we were, we were on the side stage talking about it, going like, no one's jumping. Uh, I brought it up to you. Like, you go stage dive, they're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not the place. It's weird when I, I see like you know hardcore bands in a non-hardcore setting. I never want to like treat it like a hardcore show because it just gets weird. Because I've done yeah. it before, you know, like pop punk shows where bands will cover like shit and you start moshing and you're smashing on kids and these people don't even know what the hell's going on and you just feel like a piece yeah. of shit. And so I'm just yeah, like, <laughs> they're just like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, and it's like I'm not trying to be some like weird tough guy just you know try to do my thing but then sometimes it just fucking you know just doesn't yeah just doesn't feel right so i, I just i'll just observe i, I, I was kind of surprised that they even did that stuff though like because i remember watching that i mean zach even mentioned it recently like we were like mastodon played coachella mm-hmm. and they were fucking treating them like shit like when they were performing and stuff like security and all that like yelling at people in the crowd and they were they were cutting off some of their like they're set early and all this shit. I'm just like, the fuck, they're not even crazy, you know? They're like more melodic metal. And yeah. stuff. And it's just like I never expect and then when they got Dillinger escape plan, like that fool started climbing the rafters and they started cutting off his shit and stuff too. And I was just like, they're not down for the wild people here. And so I don't know. Maybe they might let people express themselves a little more, but I know it's just all liability shit. Yeah, that's why it, it does get a little weird in like these like more professional settings where um you know it, it it's cool to a certain point, but then it's just like yeah, like it gets like a little weird where like the security guards, which is you know no fault of their own, it, it, they just don't know the deal, right? They're just trying to do their job like they normally would at any other concert, right? They see a crowd surfer, which is the you know the most tame thing. They're like, oh my god, it's so intense. Yeah. But then when it turns into people stage diving, front flips off the stage, uh, you know, people throwing spin kicks and shit, they're probably like, what the fuck is that? Like this is, it, yeah. it looks probably so crazy and so dangerous that they're just so out of their element but not realizing that it's like this thing that people are doing like you know in harmony like everybody understands what's going on yeah it looks intense and looks brutal yeah people get hurt sometimes but uh everybody kind of understands what's going on yeah so but but not the security so it's, it's just yeah it, it just gets weird when you kind of put that stuff in these weird settings it, it, it gets yeah. awkward and sometimes it just is like a weird reminder like yeah like let's just keep it underground i was always surprised they hosted that big four festival in uh the you know polo fields mm-hmm. which i was like metallica anthrax and megadeth well they supposed to do something like that again well they're supposed to do uh three concerts or three festivals a year they're supposed to do you know coachella stagecoach and then they're supposed to have that one like how they had desert trip in uh october I believe it was October, might have been November. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're supposed to have one in the fall. Like, that was like, and like, that was like the plan. Like, it's part, they're under contract to do that. But every time they have ever tried, they never 
actually went through with it because they were talking about doing a desert trip too and a few things but they just and they were talking about doing like a latino like uh latinx like festival just all you know that style of music which they, coachella is actually pretty heavy with that this year which i didn't mind it was kind of interesting to see the difference but um i've never met now any. that they actually run the polo fields you know like they manage the fields year round mm -hmm. it might lead to that you know like they might actually because they don't have to work under the you know the company's the empire polo fields schedule they're you know they're the ones dictating the schedule now so i wouldn't be surprised if um you might i don't know about this year but maybe next year they'll finally do that I've never said Latinx in a serious sentence before, and I've never well, met I've yeah. never met anybody who identifies as Latinx. By the way, I know I've just gave it. I just try to be nice for people. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't care, Latino, Latina, whatever you want to be called. I don't care. I'll call you whatever you want. It's weird that, uh, you know, uh, colored people is off limits, but people of color. Like, <laughs> there's a few things it's, yeah the the there's uh, a few things here it's a little sketchy to want to <laughs> go into detail but yeah you know you never i i'm never out the fancy but i really don't care i it's like a mm. white guy called me cracker one time and i was just like fuck you're dude, a white guy too dude the amount of that times that i've been called the n-word throughout my life is insane well and this is like when i was younger right um and being around a bunch of kids who have never seen a cambodian or a filipino before so they they don't yeah. know what i am so like okay if you would have went to india no one would have gave a shit yeah <laughs> I, I i needed more culture but yeah being surrounded by these uh, you know uh, young racist kids calling me the n-word <laughs> i'm just like I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm talking about what happened. Someone called you that? No, I'm growing up. I, I, I used to get uh, I, I used to get called the N word uh, all the time, like as a form of kids trying to bully me. Oh my god! I used to get, dude. I used to get into so many fights when I was a kid because mm -hmm. people were trying to fuck with me because I was all small, and uh, that sucks, man. I can't believe someone would say that to you. Yeah, but I was just confused. I, I you know no diss but i'm asian <laughs> and people yeah. were like no you're not uh, you know it's it's weird kids are kids are so mean but dude, oh yeah kids are are freaking brutal man mm -hmm. you want to know dude you want to know something that's crazy to me and i don't know if it happens by you guys but in in yuma and i don't know if it's everywhere else but in yuma i'll hear not you not usually not white kids but like people that are not african-american just dropping the n-word casually mm -hmm. yeah no definitely seen that <laughs> yeah no it's it's kind of it's kind of nuts man and i mean obviously culturally that's there's a lot of places where back in the day it was like that and anyone could kind of say it you know mm -hmm. but it's just weird that now you well, still, it's like you pretty prominent it, it, in music and stuff now too and I, I, people feel like they can have that courtesy because it's like, oh, I listen to that. I know this guy. I knew this. I knew that. But it's like, yeah. I mean, it's never, it's never my place to freaking check somebody and how they talk. But there'd be time, there'd be times where I'll hear people say it just like out in the open loud. I'm like, damn, dude, you're like, yeah, you're a twelve year old Mexican kid, dude. Relax, <laughs> you know. But whatever. 
Yeah. That's man, I couldn't imagine being a kid um going through school right now, especially with you know the amount of media, you know, like social media, but cell everyone having cell phones. I mean, anything like back at least before when you get your ass kicked as a kid, that one would have footage of it. Yeah, you know? but now it's like who knows? Like, I mean, they're probably like beating up people in the restaurants recording that, you know, or just do it. I kind of I think about some of the crazy shit we I did as a kid with like my friends and things like that. And I'm like, man, if any of us had fucking camera phones or any of that, like I couldn't even imagine. So it, it's funny you bring that up. Um, I got I got daughters, right? My oldest yeah. daughter, she's uh, she's a fifth grader. Dude, I was so happy. Like I never put I didn't put it on social media or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, her best friend had just broken up with a boy or something, right? <laughs> and the boy was just like at recess, just cursing at her, saying all kinds of mean, just like inappropriate shit, like going nuts, right? He raises up his hand and kind of like touches my sister, my my daughter's friend and Melody, no bullshit, slaps the fucking shit out of him. Defending oh, yeah. her friend. Slap awesome. the freaking bejesus out of a boy and the boy didn't do nothing about it. And it made me happy as a parent because I kind of, I taught her that. Yeah. Like to, to react to situations like that in that kind of a way. And it was pretty, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of I, people in those parts that pull out a phone and record it rather than actually do anything or stand up for it. So yeah, no. The, the girl, to do that, it's awesome. The girl's parents like texted me and like thanked me about it. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, cool. and Melody didn't even immediately tell me. I had to hear it from the girl's parents. <laughs> You're, <laughs> You're like, what? what? <laughs> Reading this text? Like she did what? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what she thought. Yeah, I don't know if she thought she was going to get in trouble for it or whatever, but no, man, I, I congratulated her over that. That was so cool. Yeah. But I know we're on an MMA podcast. I'm just bragging about my kids all fucking. Hey, I mean, we're going into the women's strawweight championship, so why not talk about your daughter slapping someone yeah, up? For sure. <laughs> I hate Carlos Suarez, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I She's the OG champ. She's the original. She is so whack but she's on the crazy winter this is something that i would not have predicted if you were like hey jamie uh tatiana suarez just beat carlos sparza where do you see her next and i would have been like she's going to continue on this losing streak because she sucks but when you look at her when you look at her record and what she's done since then it's it's crazy how how she's been able to uh, string these wins together and it's like like i i haven't seen like it doesn't feel like she's had any like big improvements it feels like she's always had this skill like those skills right you know she, she has a uh, great wrestling whatever yeah. but it just feels like where was that you know like granted yeah she got beat up by yuani and jacek lost the belt whatever whatever but uh you know she had some you know cool wins like that that went against calvio cynthia calvio that was uh when calvio was on the rise and everything she was unstoppable so when carla beat her i was like okay cool she might have it but then she went on those you know that two fight skid but since then i'm just like damn i i, I was hoping <laughs> at least michelle waterson would have stopped her but no like she's been impressive and i hate it <laughs> but i can't i can't I, respect I, I can't deny it she she's you know obviously she's got to where she is because like i honestly thought Watterson was gonna mop the floor with her, and then I didn't even give her a chance against uh Yan Zhaonan. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but yeah. she she came away with that TKO, so uh, you know, props yeah. to Carla, but she's gonna get stopped again. 
I hope. Yeah. <laughs> if she if she, yeah. if she wins, if somehow Carla beats Rose, I'm gonna be so bummed. But I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm kind of stoked because, I mean, nothing's a wrap, right? You never would have you mm-hmm. never would have thought that uh, Amanda Nunez was gonna lose like that, right? You know what I mean? So, MMA is <sighs> crazy. I but like. You just got to think Rose is going to get it back, right? In spectacular fashion. True. That's it. That's I, Rose is for sure my pick in this fight. But it yeah. really depends on if Carla, you know, how she looks in the later rounds or if maybe Rose can catch her clean in the beginning and like kind of dictate the pace from there. Because I think if she can get the respect from Carla and kind of keep her on the back, you know, keep pushing her back, don't let her get her base and use her strong asset of wrestling because that's realistically Carla is probably one of the better wrestlers out of that entire division. And that's, what's really projected her to this spot, you know, and that's what's always yeah. been her foundation. And that honestly, it, it makes me worried because I think about some of the mistakes Rose has made, like her getting slammed on her head and like things like that. But if Carla, you know, picks her up and slams her and things like that, what's going to be your answer to that? You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm with Jamie where I never thought we'd be back in this place with Car- with like Esparza at all. Like it's kind of crazy how it's come full circle. Um, yeah. Maybe she, maybe she wrestle fucks Rose or something, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing it. No Rose trains with um, Usman. They're on the same team. There's no way that she's yeah. going to let that happen. I, I think no. Rose's path to victory is to, keep Carla at, at range because Carla's not going to stand toe to toe and win a, against Rose. Rose is just way more skilled in, in that aspect. I think yeah. like granted, um, Carla has like do decent boxing, but when you look at uh, how long Rose is, uh, she's able to you know, keep her at range. She probably will be hesitant on throwing kicks because she doesn't want to get taken down, but I'm, I'm confident that she would be able to, you know, stifle the wrestling just because of who she trains with and how yeah. far along she's come. Uh, and but her hands are excellent. Yeah. She, yeah. she's precise. Like obviously you know, Trevor Whitman, that's um, somebody that if I had a chance to train boxing, he'd be my second choice. Not, oh. not my first second. So speaking of, speaking of Rose, mm-hmm. uh, you guys are both on Twitter. Did you see Sean Strickland? coming super out of pocket towards Pat Barry saying that he was grooming Rose no, like, ta- like tagging him in it and everything. No, I hate Sean Strickland. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like I, I, yeah. I get it. It's like a bit or whatever, but I just, yeah. Dude, did you see who he's fighting next? They, they gave him a Predetta dude. Uh-huh. Well, they're yeah. trying to fast track him to Izzy before he, before he loses, before he gets uh, a, <laughs> that, yeah. that is not, I don't, I don't think, I mean, so I actually, I, I kind of like Strickland. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's, he's, he's a good heel or whatever. Um, dude, I don't think his jab is going to be enough for a guy like Alex yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ, dude. That's like such an unfavorable matchup for that guy. Yeah. I don't know. You could, you know, kind of go for the grappling route. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, Sean yeah. Strickland's probably overall a more well-rounded martial artist and compared to, you know, Era, but just because he's more striking yeah, yeah. 
I, I think Glover's teaching him well because if you look at his last fight against that uh, Bruno yeah. Silva, um, you know he was able to to get up off the ground. He, he wasn't just like fucked when he got taken, uh, you know, no. got taken down. So I, I think he's he was actually getting pieced up on the feet. Yeah, yeah, and that and I think maybe because he was thinking about the takedowns and everything quite a bit. Like, but a also whole different dynamic. Also, Bruno Silva's a really good fighter. He was undefeated going into that fight, and he, he's he's no yeah. joke. So like that wasn't like a like a gimme fight. Like if you know about Bruno Silva, you know that that was like a real test for Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you kind of touched on it a little bit, Jamie. Um, I think they're trying to fast track him to Izzy as soon as possible. Yeah. Cause and, and, and Strickland, he's number seven, right? Or number six. He's I'm not, I got to pull the rankings up. I'm not looking at him. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Strickland. He's not even top 15. Oh no! I, I lied. I, I overlooked his name. I know he's 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 tied at fourth with Brunson. Fourth. Yeah. What? Yeah. He he's tied with uh, Paulo Costa and Derek Brunson. Hell. Whoa! That's crazy. I didn't know that. Good God. Yeah. So yeah, he is. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to fast track Alex. Then, man, beat the number four guy, and is he's already beaten? Yeah. Not not Cannoneer. You don't want to count out Cannoneer, but he's already beaten everyone in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess that's how you do it. It's like, I like Cannoneer, but I just don't think he. Not against Izzy. He's going to beat him. No. He'd have to get like a good strike on him because, I mean, he's a really strong dude. So if he can connect a good, clean shot and get him rocked, possibly, but he's going to be just picked apart from range, I think. What he should do is turn into a wrestler. <laughs> Francis Nagano that something Dude, Alex Pereira he's he's not even he's not even top 15 no that's why like, no, they're, just right. putting, yeah, they're just like, putting they just they got Sean Strickland to agree because think of that per- top 20 dude when he's number four that's crazy well, you could say he beat the guy that beat Izzy think of that promo right yes, leading yeah. up to that whole card they're gonna they're just gonna keep talking about the the knockout like this is the guy who last knocked out Izzy uh coming back to you know show that he's truly dominant against this champ that's you know taking yeah. the whole middleweight division by storm where does Strickland go if he wins that fight then? that uh, just seems like a lose lose dude um no I I think there's a there's a path for him because he's trying to get to the title too so th- there's a bunch of fresh matchups for him leading to the top so I think if he wins which you know, I don't think they want him to win uh, because he's not uh, the. T- you know, his performances aren't what the UFC likes, right? Not exciting. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not a fan favorite. Yeah, he's like some heel. Yeah, but, the entire time. But it's just like I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't like him. Yeah, it maybe a little too much on some aspects of you know the heel, but. You know, whatever he's drawing a lot of people to him. It, it people have their motives and their things that you know draw people in. So if that's his approach, it's like Covington. You know, let them do what they want. No, yeah. What it's I think fun. is, if he wins, cool. Push him up to the top. Just let him weed himself out, right? Like you know, Vittori got him got himself to the top. He failed. Cool. He's slowly fading out. Just to do that with Strickland. If he keeps winning, cool, just put him up there, easy victory for Izzy or whoever the champ will be and just kind of get him out of there. 
Yeah, it'd be crazy yeah. if he became champ and be like just the amount of shit he'd probably say. He'd be like, "Oh my god, I couldn't even imagine that'd be a nightmare." <laughs> um, dude, he's so not, he's not skilled enough. His his dude, his tweet is worse than I remember. I'm looking at it. He says, "I'm done making fun of Pat the Predator, Barry." Mm-hmm. Rose followed me on IG once, so I naturally slid in her DMs. I didn't know she had a um. What would you call him? A groomer. I don't know. Either way, I won't touch this again. Hopefully, Pat will do the same when he's around children. Oh, my God. Dude, the guy doesn't even fight. Like, I don't I just see. I don't know why. He's, it seems like kind of unnecessary and that he's trying to, like, in his own weird way, attach himself to, like, Rose fighting this weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, being, like, superhero. I don't know. It just seemed kind of super out of pocket to try and it's low bro sure. like yeah. yeah but uh so i'm guessing you guys are going for rose to win right yeah i'm going yeah for sure absolutely <laughs> what do you think do you think gets out of the first round yes yeah i i think this goes to decision if i'm yeah. so rose then- by unanimous decision Sending Carla to her wedding as a loser. God. She's getting married a, a week from the pay per view, which is crazy. Like, what if she gets like a black eye, her nose broken, or something? She can go to the, her wedding with like all busted up. Yeah. yeah. And with Rose, that that's a possibility, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Good luck. But. That's kind of weird. I probably would have put it a month at least. You know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I guess maybe they weren't accounting for it. I don't know. Here's a question. How many Trevor Whitman fighters are there? Is it just Rose and Gaethje this time? Mm, I don't know. The main. As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Maybe like an epic comer and someone that we don't recognize. No, he has a really small team. I don't think he really does that. But uh, now we got to the main event. Charles Du Bronx, dude, I love this fight. Talk about the comeback story too. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people mention about his like losing ways back in the day, but I think he was just draining himself so much to get the featherweight. And I think when he found his natural weight class and lightweight, you're starting to see him take his stride and just go full momentum. And well, he would he would just bounce back and forth between lightweight and featherweight. I, I don't think he knew what he wanted maybe i'm not sure because it could just be the ambition to like just fill in wherever you can to kind of get you know notice and get like you know be the yes man as they say like i'm gonna jump and you you need someone lightweight you need someone featherweight i'm here you know Uh man you forget that paul felder's the last guy to beat him yeah oh my god was no joke he was a good guy yeah Felder tko'd him holy shit good old paul felder what a sad guy too. I love Paul Felder. <laughs> I, I know I don't think Paul I don't think Paul's story is sad. I think like genuinely he's really into like the marathoning and doing like the, the triathlon shit and that he's just going his own direction. And he could have stuck around a lot longer and taken way more damage. Yeah. He's still in the sport technically with commentary and whatnot. And people um, like, you know, he's a good commentator. Yeah, no, I, I like him as a, as a commentator, but I just, you know, he wasn't really beating top competition when he was around. Um, 
the thing with this matchup that scares me is Charles is hittable, you know, and Gaethje is probably one of the better strikers in the division with, you know, crazy power. I mean, just look at the, you know, the last fight he had with Chandler, just the pure back and forth of just <laughs> up and down, up and down. And God, he, I can't believe it. Like just how much damage Chandler took in that fight. <laughs> like at one point he was just standing there, just like hit me. But uh, I, that's the thing that worries me is like Gaethje, I think has the power and the patience to really knock out Charles, you know, but it's not like Charles is that easy to be put away, but he's been on the brink of it and almost like his past couple fights. I mean, even Chandler almost was the champ. Uh, it could have gone either way. Like someone could have stopped that if they really, you know, people would have complained, but there's, you know, been opportunities or positions like that where someone stopped it, you know? Yeah. Uh, to me, the biggest question here is not so much like Gaethje, like he can stuff the takedown, right? Um, can he keep Oliveira off his back? Yeah. Because Oliveira is so sneaky. Look how, qu- look how quick he did it to Poirier. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was just immediate. Now, I know in the round leading up to that, he was pretty dominant and like kind of wore him out a little bit, you know, but yeah. I think if he's, a, I think if he's able to get Gagey's back, like that's the fight, but Gagey knows that. And he's going to have like a really good game plan, you know, um, maybe there's a chance that on the feet, Oliveira can hurt him because I think his striking's pretty underrated at this point. Um, I think he has great hands. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm, really, I'm so excited about this fight. Right. I think, I want Gaethje to win, but I think Oliveira is going to take him. I, Olive, I think I mentioned to one of you guys before. Oliveira is my pick for this mm-hmm. fight, um, pure purely because he's so good at taking people's backs in times when you would never even expect it. And I think that a fight like this is probably going to get pretty chaotic at some point. Um, I think Gaethje's path to victory would be being successful with the leg kicks. And making it look kind of similar to what he did to Ferguson and just eliminating any kind of like scrambling. But Oliveira just has a way of making that kind of a fight happen, you know? I think yeah. where Oliveira has the edge is that Gaethje is reckless, right? And he's going to leave himself open. And I think Oliveira is going to be able to capitalize on some sort of mistake that Gaethje will, will make. Because if, if you look at all of Gaethje's fights, right, he he's so down to get into these brawls with <laughs> yeah. with whoever. Because um, even think back to, to the the Tony Ferguson fight, right? Remember in between rounds, Trevor Whitman had to tell him like, "Hey, like you know, like ease up a bit. Like you know, you don't have to go a hundred. Just like you know, just throw a little lighter and you'll be fine." And he made that that small adjustment and uh, you know performed really well, beat Tony Ferguson. But I just think for him to be you know, so reckless with that. That's just his nature. I, I think um, Oliveira is going to be able to, uh, you know, use his precision striking or maybe, you know, take his back uh, and, you know, take him down or do something and sub him. Yeah. I think Charles is going to win as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's mainly, honestly, his last performance against Poria is probably what pushes me to lean more towards him because everyone was 100% like Poria, you know, is the undis- like the uncrowned champ. Like I, picked, were, I picked Oliveira in that fight. 
Dang, but that's the thing. But most people, you know, he was the underdog, you know, like he was like, no, like people were like, Poirier, you got his money fight, you got that. Now he's coming for, you know, what he deserves, what he earned. And Charles, you know, submitted him, you know, and Gaethje's prone to get submitted as well. So it's one of those things where on paper, it could go so many ways, you know, but I think Charles is going to submit him. I would probably go with the same trend that he has probably second or third round. I think he'll probably submit Gaethje. Yeah. So my, my brain, like my mind is it's Oliveira. Now who I would want to win. Absolutely. Gaethje. Oliveira, he reached the pinnacle. He's the champ. He's got some good defenses under his belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to see a guy like Justin Gaethje become the lightweight champ. I think that would be just so fucking cool. Um, and I happen to be very partial towards Gaethje, but I don't know. My mind says that Oliveira beats him. I think it would be cool because you, you got to think, right? Gaethje for... Uh, a good chunk of his career he was fighting over in the you know uh, world series of fighting yep. Pe- people were calling him you know the c league champion he wouldn't hang in the ufc ah man but if you you know look at him now he made it to uh you know at this point two title fights and if he was able to you know conquer uh, you know, that mountain defeat Charles Oliveira, get that belt and kind of show everybody like, yeah, I was fighting a different organization, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't the best. So for someone like yep. him to be able to enter the UFC, be top five and, you know, win the belt, I, I think that would be like a really cool story. Because like you said, Jeff, uh, yeah. Charles has already gotten there. Cool, yep. uh, you know, cool story, but, you know, make room for, you know, someone like Gaethje to be up there. It, it, w- it would also, I mean, obviously he lost to Khabib, right? But, there's no shame in that. It would also highlight the um, effectiveness of Trevor Whitman's coaching and what he's done with Gaethje. Because think of the Poirier and, and Eddie Alvarez fights. He was in both of those fights. Uh-huh. And had he dialed it back a little bit, it's probably going to win. At least, how I, at least how I remember it. He just got super crazy and then Poirier ended up finishing him and then Alvarez need him or whatever. Uh-huh. Um but those could have gone his way. And I think he learned and evolved from both of those fights specifically. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that kind of a progression, honestly. But, but it's just a matter of time, right? Gaethje wins. Oliveira wins. There's this new Russian. He was just kind of patiently waiting. Oh, man. It's, I, it's, it's so sad because I was. It, Islam beats everybody. But yeah, it is what it is. But. Yeah, so if Oliveira loses, there will only be two, no, three Brazilian champions. So I actually, we're, we're, we're talking uh, Islam. I think the toughest fight for Islam um, is probably Oliveira or yeah. Benil Dariush. I think, I think Benil Dariush is absolutely a tough fight for Islam, but he gets kind of overlooked a little bit, you know? Yeah, because yeah. like, it's like that he had that injury. He had the kind of like because he was getting some pretty good momentum. Well, he yeah. had that fight against Makachev. That's why um, Bobby yeah. Green had to step in. And and Benil, a lot of times he has a way of making people that are really good like look pretty bad. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, on the ground specifically, and I would love for that fight to happen. I was really excited about that one. Hopefully, I mean, it's still, you know, they've never fought. And 
eventually, you know, they're in the top, you know, 10. So yeah, hopefully they get run it back. You know, who knows what um, Islam was promised, you know, in terms of like taking yep. the, you know, fight and whatnot. I mean, they did say he was back in the, like, yeah, they'd get one more fight. Right. Because since he, they went through the whole thing with RDA and yeah. right. kind of like bitter about that. And, and, and dude, back on, back on Gaethje, one last thing. It'd be so cool if he got champion, if, if he wins this fight and Trevor Whitman has Rose, Kamaru Usman, and Gaethje. Like, yeah. that, that, that'd be the only guy with three champions at the same time, right? Like, there aren't even big gyms. Maybe, maybe at one point, American Top Team or something, but I can't even think of... Maybe, yeah. no, the only other one would be uh, uh, Greg Jackson's yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back back in the so day. It was Greg Jackson's and um AKA because they had Kane, oh, Luke. A- yeah. AKA, and they had Khabib. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cormier. That's true. Cormier. Yeah. But the Whit but with Whitman to have all three and yeah. one of them being a female and like yeah. his camp is like pretty small and insulated. Like I think that'd be such mm-hmm. a cool fucking storyline. Yeah, because the only like, other close one is uh, kind of city kickboxing because they have Alexander, but he doesn't train there full time, and Adesanya, yeah. but yeah. Every, everybody else is split. Like um, Nganu trains um, at uh, Randy Couture's gym uh, in Vegas. Um, Amanda Nunes, well, she left uh, 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 American Top Team, so she, she ditched. Eight, was it was it before the fight she just lost? No, it was after. No, after. Mm-hmm. Whoa, yeah. that's crazy. I, I think um, I, I think she went to um. MMA masters. <laughs> no, I, I think she went to to where Colby trains. I think. Um, oh no, uh, to, to MMA masters. Yeah, we're talking about Apple, Nunez, right? Yeah. yeah, she made her own gym. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So she's bringing in her own partners, her own training thing, kind of like. But yeah. I don't know if that's a better situation for her. Nah, you she, know, because she had like oh, Kayla and her. You know, like. Well, that's why she left because of Kayla. Oh, is it is Kayla American top team? Mm-hmm. So, but how is that even a threat? They're not even in the same promotion, and UFC is completely against like cross promoting. Well, uh, UFC made a bid to get Kayla to go to the UFC, but uh, they got outbid. Oh, uh, she's she's still PFL, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like Maybe in bed with the UFC. Yeah, they, they they work together. So, damn, dude, I I would say, hey, maybe so. I thought that Nunez was just sparring dudes exclusively, right? So maybe like <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe maybe she sparred Kayla. Kayla got the better of it. I think something. so. Damn. That's, but that's... but I think uh, Amanda Nunez is one of those fighters where like she was dominant for so long that she kind of probably let it get to her head. You know, because if you look at the fight against uh, Juliana Pena, no diss to Pena because I really like Pena, but she just fought so sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't look like she was even in the fight. Yeah. She didn't fight. She was like, not even technical. She was like, all right, cool. Like, let me give in to this storm of Juliana Pena and just, you know, throw it all away. Right. It's very risky. And we saw what happened, but it's just like, she could have been way more technical, but just chose not to for some weird reason. And she looked really soft too. Just, it just had a kid. It changes. Yeah. She, did, she didn't you. have the kid. Well, I mean, but she's she's a mom. Oh, there's co- a kid in that family. And it's John changing. Jones has daughters and does coke. Beats his fiance, 
crashes into pregnant women. Anymore. If John Jones can do it, Amanda Nunes can do it. <laughs> Priorities, Jamie. I, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm very partial mm-hmm. as a parent okay. to giving other parents the benefit of a doubt that like they're there. And come on, John Jones wasn't fucking there. He's getting coked out doing bad boy shit, you know? But Okay, all right, all right. let me give you a good example. Daniel Cormier, he's a great dad. Right? Daniel Cormier? And got smoked by John Jones. No, for sure. I got you. Dude, I don't want to talk about Kane. Rest in peace, Kane. Dude, oh man, dude, and, Nate, why do you have to bring uh, down the fucking mood, bro? And I, I'm, I'm a Kane fucking stand, dude. dude that's because he's, he's from Yuma. Oh my god, and dude, we being in Yuma, uh, Yuma's, Yuma's small, and everybody knows somebody who's related to Kane mm-hmm. or knows Kane directly. Like it's just so tiny and interconnected like that, and we got like the real story that is still kind of like the real playing story. out in front of us. Hey, you know I mean? that's how Jamie's like, oh, <laughs> the real story. Down? But now he's like the real story. No, just about oh, to no, no, no. It, it got revealed. Like it was his kid. Yeah. Like yeah. when there, when there was speculation as to like, well, Oh my God, Jake Shields was tweeting all about it. Dude. Mm-hmm. The day it got released when everyone was like, Holy shit. Why, why is Kane even bringing a gun to a fight? He could just beat the crap out of somebody. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when all that speculation was going around. Yeah. It had hit Yuma like no, his child had gotten molested. You know what I mean? And man, dude, it's crazy. It's, that, I hate that. Story. It sucks, I dude. that story, dude. Me, I can't. I hate it. Yeah, because it's just fucked up from so many different angles, man. Yep. I, and you know, you, and you got to think too, right? You, you got to feel for his kid because now it's like, what kind of kid is that person going to be? Or he's not there for this kid. No, no, I'm talking about just the mental shit, right? Because oh, it's his, awful, man. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. No, dude, it's horrible, man. And yeah. dude, I'm that shit fucks me up, man. I'm hoping you dude, you gotta think with how public this this is. Kane's probably got a sick lawyer. He's gotta yeah. have an amazing lawyer. And I hope the lawyer is able to get him off super easy. Oh, um, with a, a, attempted murder. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a bad situation. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I just hope he does. I hope he gets off easy. Uh, Me too. I wish he could just walk away, but but it sucks. Like when when you look at Cain Velasquez, right? He you know steps away from MMA, gets screwed over in wrestling, and then like I don't know what he's doing, and then it pops up that uh, you know this attempted murder thing, and it's just like how does someone who was so well-respected, who was a good guy while he was around, end up in such a shitty situation. It's just, it just sucks. He yeah. Moment. What are you saying, Nate? And that's honestly could be his defense, you know, is because you got somebody, it's like the whole thing is setting the character of he is a really good guy. No one argues against that. No one's ever said anything negative about him. Even his old, you know, rivals have said positive things about him. So he could under the circumstances, you know, that it could be a passion crime, you know? So it's one of those things where he might get lucky based off of that, but it, it doesn't help that he shot the wrong person. You know? Yeah. All, all I know, and, and this just goes beyond MMA. We're going to take it away from the MMA sphere for a second is personally, I hope I never have to know what that feels like. 
Yeah. That's just nightmare fuel having mm. something like that happen to your kid. And then yeah. not like, not knowing what you like, what do you do about it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's just horrifying. And I, w- I, I would not wish that in anybody that sucks. Yeah. Shout out Kane, man. Stuff. I hope he gets, I hope he gets off easy. Yes. It's just nasty. I don't even, I, I can't even like fathom that kind of shit. Well, you know, the fact that it's because so you're a fucking it's... normal person. <laughs> you're not sick in the head. <laughs> yeah. I know, but you know, no. it's like it, it seems so much more common nowadays, and it's just fucking. Really? It doesn't make sense to me. Yo, I used to hang out with this guy um, who I don't want to even say his name, but he was tied to so many people who were getting outed as like sexual predators, uh, you know, pedophiles and shit. And I'm like, dude, like I'm gonna step away from being your friend because. I don't like your judgment of character. Like you are friends with multiple of these offenders. I, I feel like you should, you know, kind of rethink your definition of friend and kind of vet who you actually consider a friend and bring into your life. Because, because yeah, I, I had people texting me like, Hey, I know you're friends with so-and-so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, no, I know this guy? Uh, yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I don't know, maybe yeah, off the podcast, uh, off the podcast. Yeah. but yeah, yeah so no, like, like I was getting hit up by people like accusing me of being friends with like these like weirdos. And I'm like, no, like, like I may be, you know, like, fr- like separated by like a, a couple degrees, definitely not friends with them. And then I was just like, yeah, I was like, I don't want, you know, cause it's obviously like the, the people that I associate with, right? Like Nate, you, Jeff, um, all my close homies, uh, and Wilkes-Barre shout out Andy, Johnny. These are like, you know, good people. Uh, who I believe wouldn't do anything like that. So for me to be around this dude who's a, surrounded by multiple people that done that shit, I'm like, I, I'm stepping away. I can't be around this bullshit. Yeah, good yeah. God, man. And and even even then, dude, just like that would that that would have to that would drive me nuts just being dragged into it when I didn't yeah. do nothing. Yeah, you know like, I mean? I, like it makes sense to not be want to even be around it yeah having to association you know that's the unfortunate yeah Yeah, that's a real fucking thing it was the weirdest thing to get that text accusing me of being friends with like like one of those creeps i'm like no i've never i'm not even like and you know go look at my social media whatever i i don't follow them they don't follow me i've never taken a picture with this person i've never talked about this person so it's like i don't know where you get the idea but it's like obviously because the the one link and i i just was like yeah like i'm stepping away you know what's crazy is like these creepy ass dudes or whoever. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? Like it doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Like I don't it's just no man. It's crazy to me, dude. I, I don't. That's a different conversation. That's yeah, I mean toxic or whatever. Yeah, be normal. Whatever that means. Don't be a <laughs> fucking weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do shit that you'd have to, you know, people, if you explain it to most people, would look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if you try to be sneaky with it. Like, if, if you, if you got to be sneaky and worried about shit like that oh, getting dude. out, like, yeah, like, yeah. it's probably not I, not a good thing. You know what I never understood? What's up? Uh, fucking unsolicited dick pics. Oh, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> like, I've never heard of that ever working. Mm-hmm. Or doing anything for anybody other than getting just embarrassed and out it, dude. Yeah. To, like, to, the craziest strategy like, that I've ever heard of in my fucking life. Okay. To to all the girls that I sent those to, don't don't cancel me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Imagine, imagine, imagine. No, I've never Baby's done packing. that. I've never done that. The like I said, when they come for me and you see these DMs, uh, it won't be that bad. 
No, for sure. It's all going to be code and shit. No, Dude, no. Like, this, the, the, this the emoji spiraled away from anime so hard. No, this is funny. Well, we got, to, we got towards the... We finished the card. And, yeah, well, know. thanks to Nate bringing down the mood, bringing up dark shit. Hey, man, the world's a dark place, but that's the thing. You got people around you that lift you up. That's what matters most. Yeah. You, know, you, you got to surround yourself with good people, people that want to see you do good. If you're around anybody that hates to see you win, kick them out. Dude, fuck that. Could you imagine? That's another thing. Imagine like you're friends with somebody, but you're bummed that they're killing it. Dude, that's just yeah. the craziest fucking mindset, dude. You want you want the people you're with to freaking crush it, man. Mm-hmm. Like not. Yeah. What's the phrase? I know what you're thinking about. I tried. <laughs> if 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 you're if you're someone in your friend like you killing it with the podcast, right? That's motivating. Isn't you know it? what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. cool as fuck. Okay, it, not it, jealous it's of so your crazy that, that that someone would hate on, especially in your own friend group. They're out there, like, dude. That's just I, weird. I, I had to remove myself from some people like that. You you'd be fuck surprised. Yeah. Dude, you know who you know who who would hate on their friend fucking killing it who? is unsolicited dick pic, dude. Hundred percent. That's the same. That's the same guy. Okay, yeah. but Jeff, did that saying a rising tide lifts all boats? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with that. It's true. Yeah, you gotta just and, and you know for me, I just like to see my friends do good, whether it becomes a big thing or not. It doesn't matter to me as long as they're happy, right? Exactly. Because you want a- anybody that you're going to invest time and energy to, like if that's on, if, if you're like on the same team, you want everyone to win. Yeah. Because if your boy's winning, you're probably going to be winning at something else because that's the kind of energy that's going around. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, that's just how I think about it. All right. Well, this has been fun. This is something that I have missed greatly. And we'll be back, right? Because th- this is uh, UFC 274 is this Saturday. So for everyone who is curious, uh, go out, support the card, uh, and you know, cheer on for your favorite fighters. Go vote the fan bonus, whatever, on Crypto.com. That goes live in like two days. Um, but we will be back. Uh, wh- when's the next pay per view? Obviously, we got 274 coming up. Uh, it's gonna be. Oh shit! Two seventy-five. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was like, "When's the next pay per view?" Yeah, two seventy-five. Oh, two, no, two seventy-five is. Uh, oh, it's gonna be a sad it's one. Lover versus Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, a dangerous shit. fight. Oh, dude! No, I'm Team Jerry all fucking day. I, dude, they're sending, I'd be surprised. They're sending in <laughs> this killer Jerry to knock out this geriatric Glover Teixeira. It makes oh, me sad. No. No, makes hey, me sad. Glover, yo, Glover's hard. We, we, we're going to... We'll get back to I'll, that. I'll speak on that yeah. fight when we do the podcast because I think that's... That is a crazy, crazy fight thing, on that but, card. But Jerry is just a fucking killer. In fact, I would say Jerry, probably my favorite current UFC fighter. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I know that's like a big claim, but I that dude is just electric, man. Awesome. Okay. Well, before we go, any closing words? Um, if you play Apex Legends or Halo, I'll see you on the field. I'll whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out anyone who listened to this entire podcast and is uh, stoked on MMA like we are. That fucking rules, man. Yeah.
All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. We're back. It's been fun and we'll see you soon.